SecretHeartRoad.com. this Wednesday, the 15th of November, let us begin together in prayer. It is the Feast of St. Albert the Great. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, draw all people to yourself. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is darkness, let us bring light. Where there is sadness, let us bring joy. Lord God of light, you have shone upon our darkness and set us free through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Grant us the grace to live in the freedom of the children of God, that where we walk this day we may bring light through the same Christ our Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Albert the Great, pray for us. You know, the Sunrise Morning Show comes to your EWTN Global Catholic Radio network affiliate from Sacred Heart Radio in Cincinnati. It just so happens to be that St. Albert the Great is one of the patrons of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. So we intend to uh, make merry in some form or other today. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna's, Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis has got us up on video, and you can check the live stream at sunrisemorningshow.com in the show notes. Up this hour, uh, we've got lots to get to. We're going to talk to uh, uh, Chris McGregor with more stuff from the Office of Readings. She's going to look at a second century sermon on hope, and we don't even know who wrote it. Uh, Father Rob Jack will talk about how hope, by the way, helps keep us from two big mistakes. One would be despair. The other would be presumption. Father Rob will sort all that out. Gary Zimak will take us to Psalm 33 today in our ongoing study of the Psalms, and we'll also talk to Jared Stout, Dr. Jared Stout at the end of the hour. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. A bipartisan group of senators is warning Iran not to turn the conflict in Gaza into a regional war. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham says the resolution introduced yesterday urges the U.S. to strike Iran if Americans are killed by Iranian proxies in the Middle East or if Hezbollah opens up a second front against Israel. Dozens of U.S. troops in Iraq and Syria have been injured in attacks carried out by Iranian-backed groups. Both Hezbollah and Hamas are backed by Iran. Meanwhile, in Washington, the House has passed a stopgap bill that will prevent a government shutdown. Brian Shook reports. On Tuesday, the House voted in favor of a Republican plan to fund some departments until mid-January and the rest through early February at current spending levels. The bill now heads to the Senate where it has bipartisan support. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he would pass the legislation as soon as possible. I'm Brian Shook. The U.S. bishops held six elections during their first public session of their fall General Assembly yesterday. Oklahoma City Archbishop Paul Coakley was elected secretary of the conference. Bishop David O'Connell of Trenton, New Jersey, was elected chairman of the Committee on Catholic Education. Bishop William Byrne of the Diocese of Springfield, Massachusetts, was elected chairman of the Committee on Communications. Bishop Robert Brennan of the Diocese of Brooklyn was elected chairman of the Committee on Cultural Diversity. 
Bishop James Massa, Auxiliary of Brooklyn, was elected chairman of the Committee on Doctrine. Bishop Daniel Mugenborg of Reno was elected chairman of the Committee on National Collections. And Bishop Daniel Thomas of Toledo was elected chairman of the Committee on Pro-Life Activities. The U.S. and China are expected to announce a deal today that would crack down on the flow of fentanyl. President Biden is expected to announce the agreement when he meets with Chinese President Xi Jinping in San Francisco today. Under the agreement, China would go after companies producing and exporting the chemicals used to make the deadly opioid. Bloomberg reports the Biden administration in return would lift restrictions on China's Forensic Police Institute, which is an entity the U.S. has accused of human rights abuses. The Federal Reserve could start cutting interest rates this spring. Mark Mayfield has more. That's according to a new estimate from UBS Investment Bank. The cuts could come as early as March. UBS said easing inflation could pave a way for a 2.75% decrease in the interest rate over the year. That would almost have the current 5.5% rate. It also predicted the economy would go into a recession by next year's second quarter, which would enable a rate cut. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Holy See yesterday released the Pope's message for the next World Youth Day, which will be celebrated in local parishes. The theme this year is taken from Romans 12.12, Rejoicing in Hope. The Holy Father said, quote, as young people, you are indeed the joyful hope of the church and of a humanity always on the move. I would like to take you by the hand and walk with you on the path of hope, end quote. And retail experts say there may be fewer presents under the Christmas tree this year because consumers are buying fewer toys. Reuters says many retailers ordered fewer toys than usual because this holiday season, anticipating lower demand. Some experts, however, are expecting a late surge in demand. I probably agree with them. The experts say Barbie dolls, Transformers, and Hot Wheels are on the top of children's wish lists this year, but that parents worldwide are also struggling with high inflation. Barbie dolls, Transformers, Hot Wheels were revisiting my childhood. That tells you my age group is the parents are the parents now (laughs) today is wednesday november the 15th it is the feast of saint albert the great and of course on thursday mornings here on the sunrise morning show we've been going through uh one of the books that father robert nixon translated called paradise of the soul um and we've been getting some insights from saint albert the great on the virtues and uh He's also a co-patron of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, from which the Sunrise Morning Show comes. So, happy feast of St. Albert the Great. Pray for us. Coming up next on the Sunrise Morning Show, Chris McGregor. It's 7 past. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan 
you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Chris McGregor from DiscerningHearts.com. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, my dear friend. How are you doing today? I am doing fine. Always excited to get to talk to you. And an interesting one this week. This week's selection from the Office of Readings for the Wednesday of the 32nd week in Ordinary Time. And you were mentioning to me all this week, this is um, the Office of Readings in the, the Ordinary Time readings taken from a second century sermon. Who wrote it? We don't know. Who? I sure would like to know. But then on the other <laughs> hand, there's something so wonderful about this because we don't know who it was. So the words have to stand even stronger. Yeah. And somehow they do for uh, 1,800 years at least. This has been such a strong sermon, a strong homily that it it, it has been in, incarnated in the church's prayer here in the Office of Readings. And it's a beautiful reflection, isn't it? It, it really is. Can you give us a sense? You were, So this is an excerpt. We're going to be focusing on one of them. But um, can you kind of give us an overall sense of what this sermon is about as, as people track with it through the week? Yeah, I would jump in, everybody. Uh, you know, that's that's the beauty of the Office of Readings. Even online now, you can find the office mm-hmm. for today. And but I, and this isn't for today. This is for tomorrow. But in this whole sermon, he's speaking. I'm I'm assuming it's a he. He's speaking to all of us um, how to live out the Christian life, especially in tumultuous times when we have all kinds of discord and we're fearful and we're afraid and i mean how do you do it in the where you're at and this is what the sermon from the second century is telling us ever ancient ever new huh amen (laughs) so uh, this particular part that we are focusing on um launches into a reflection on the virtue of hope so so what is said here that really stands out to you chris my goodness, it is all about uh, that hope is, is what will sustain us and not to be afraid. Mm-hmm. It's almost as though John Paul is standing on the loggia again saying, be not afraid. Yes. Because You didn't get quite the vampire voice, be not afraid. Go ahead. There, there you go. You're very, you're very good at that. <laughs> no, but seriously, what he, yeah, what he's, it's a simple, it's just, hello. He's right at the beginning, and so, my brethren, let us do the will of the Father who has called us to life. Focus that, right? That's what all the saints tell us, to do the will of the Father. Let us try harder for virtue and abandon the bad habits which pave the way for crimes to follow. Mm -hmm. For if we try hard to do good, peace will always be with us. That is and, why men never, never uh, be at peace while they are dragged along by human fears. You can't have peace if you allow the human fears to drag you down. And what really stood out to me in, in that particular part, Chris, is the idea of having a fear as being a bad habit. Now, that's not to say, I mean, obviously, we know that that from a psychological standpoint, like having a reaction to something that's scary, you know, helps 
protect us in a way. But but this but this is a deeper fear, I think, that that this church father is talking about here. And that fear is a bad habit. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I mean, you're right. I, I want my kids to have a fear of touching the stove. Right. Exactly. Because it, w- it will hurt them. But uh, uh, the human fear, like that's how we should feel about sin. I don't want to, don't want to sin. Don't want to touch the hot stove. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to touch the hot stove. But the thing is, fear is the, is the opposite of trust. And you know, what is our Lord always calling us to trust me, Jesus, I trust. And to remember the hope that gives us that endurance that his, his whole thing is about in, in this particular sermon about hope. Now, just, just a quick reminder. What is hope? That hope is First, that God keeps his promises. He always keeps his promises. And it may not happen, you know, and where we want it and how we want it, but it is always going to be better because you know that the Father loves you. Mm. He just alive. He loves you and he wants to be with you. So um, we, we trust in his promises, keep them, and that he's stronger and bigger than us. And what a message for us to have as we are right on the cusp of Advent, right, Chris? I mean, as Mm -hmm. as we we talk about, and I'm sure this is something that that will be discussed with with someone on the Sunrise Morning Show during Advent, that that beautiful sermon from from our boy Bernard of Clairvaux (laughs) on the three comings of Christ, that yes, okay, we're remembering Christ coming in a manger 2,000 years ago, but Christ is coming, and we have to live in that hope. In this sermon, it says, let us expect the kingdom of God hourly in love and righteousness, seeing that we do not know the day of his coming. And what are we supposed to do to keep up that hope? I think this is so interesting. Let us do penance. And and this was just kind of a thought that occurred to me while I was while I was reading this, Chris, I'm wondering if you can Mm -hmm. reflect on it, that the the practice of penance can actually help us to keep up that hope. It's a reminder that Christ is coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he doesn't say this in the sermon, but a little Carmelite did about 1800 years later. It's called The Little Way. Yeah. And the suffering of the everyday little things, the little tiny pinpricks that may not seem like a suffering, but it's, you know, putting up with the guy you're working next to in the cubicle who is really obnoxious and not, mm-hmm. you know, allow and, and being kind to him. Yeah. And that's a suffering. That's a penance in a way. But you do that. Um, it, we begin to change the world. It through him working through us in love, yep. right? So he's, you know, the, what, the, what the sermon is telling us, let's wipe off the slime <laughs> of our slime. old sins by doing heartfelt penance with love. Let us recover yeah. our health. Yeah. Let's get better. Let's be who we're supposed to be. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. it's a beautiful sermon, isn't it? It really is. Thank you so much, Chris McGregor. And you can find discerninghearts.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. We got headlines coming up next. Coming up on 16 past here on the Sunrise Morning Show.
For over 500 years, the church-honored spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola have formed many saints. This treasured way of personal prayer with God is now available to you for free. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com and bring Ignatian prayer to others. Lord Teach Me to Pray is approved by the USCCB. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com. That's lordteachmetopray.com. Lord Teach Me to Pray underwrites the Sunrise Morning Show. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. We know a lot of you love anything pumpkin-flavored, and others, well, not so much. But the Mystic Monks of Wyoming are taking care of both of you with their coffee. That's right. Their seasonal favorite pumpkin spice blend is available, along with other normal flavors. And when you purchase them after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. This is Father Gerald Murray. Catholic truth conveyed through the radio reaches so many, both Catholic and non-Catholic, and they receive encouragement, strength, guidance, and enlightenment. The Holy Spirit is working through these radio waves that go out to all the countries of the world. Catholic radio, of course, is an effort to make Christ known. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever. 17 past. Here's Anna with headlines. A bipartisan group of senators is warning Iran not to turn the conflict in Gaza into a regional war. The U.S. bishops held some elections during the first public session of their fall General Assembly yesterday. And the Holy See yesterday released the Pope's letter for the next World Youth Day, which will be celebrated, of course, locally. All right. Well, uh, so... rejoice and hope. I wanted to at least say a little bit about St. Albert the Great. I know he's going to come up multiple times, but mm-hmm. as you and I were talking before, you know, sometimes we get into the archives and we're like, oh, what's a cool interview we've done before on St. Albert the Great? And uh, first one that comes to mind happens to be by the late Dr. Kevin Vost, who we lost this I, Easter season. Matt, I, um, I, and it gets I a went looking hard through the archives and it was like, oh, I've got to find archive. I think about him archive. all the time. Yeah, me too. All I the time. I pray for him every day. So... Dr. Vost has a book that I would recommend people go pick up because it's a great, it's a fun read on St. Albert. Uh, it's a great way to honor Dr. Vost and his, you know, awesomeness too. But it's called St. Albert the Great Champion of Faith and Reason. And he gets into a little bit <laughs> in this book uh, some of the, the questions of nature and science and mm-hmm. all that stuff that are, you know, we take for granted today. But Albert thought about everything. He's called the Doctor Universalis, right? He's yeah, called Universal Doctor because he thought about like literally everything. I know. So, uh, well, when Dr. you're Thomas Bo- Aquinas's teacher, right? It's I like mean, you gotta be. He learned it from somewhere. Yeah. Um, so uh, he goes through and and uh, picks out some of the questions that are kind of quirky in Albert's journals on nature. So Doctor Vost did. Uh, his questions concerning Aristotle's on animals. So this is Albert commenting on 
Aristotle. And so it has, like in book one, question 19, why do some animals have feet and some don't? Uh, <laughs> book one, question 26, uh, why do eyebrows that are straight indicate femininity and pliability, whereas ones arched toward the nose indicate distression and intellect? <laughs> what did he write about it? Or did uh, he just I don't know. Point just, he's just, he's just oh. pointing out these questions. Oh, okay. Uh, whether the right foot is more unfettered and better suited for motion than the left foot. Uh, book two, question 27, whether the human being ought to lack a tail naturally. <laughs> <laughs> like it would t- So with the great, here's what I love about Albert the Great. He asks questions that, like, extremely high intellectual theologians ask, but he also asks questions like that a five-year-old would ask, like, exactly. "Dad, why don't we have tails?" He was a, yeah, he was a child. Both of those questions heart. matter. They really do. Go get Doctor Bo's book. May he rest in peace, may and may Saint Albert peace. the Great pray for us. Pray for us. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Ken Herbert Plumbing. Ken Herbert Plumbing, a drain cleaning specialist, uses color drain cameras to help find and fix drainage issues. Ken Herbert Plumbing, for residential and commercial plumbing repair. 513-383-2974. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Rob Jack. He's host of Driving Home the Faith on Sacred Heart Radio. That's the same radio station that produces the Sunrise Morning Show. Good morning, Father Rob. Morning, Matt. So today we get to talk about despair and presumption and hope. Uh, I don't know if people realize that despair and presumption are actually sins. <laughs> so Yeah, they're vices. I mean, you yeah. have the virtue, and then you have what we call excessive virtue and a defective virtue, because... You know, virtue always stands in the middle, and the uh, the gospel from this past Sunday really shows us the uh, the lesson. You know, it was funny. I don't know 
there was a wonderful show back in the late 70s called The Dukes of Hazard, and, and, and there was a, a, a sheriff, Roscoe P. Coltrane. He used to call somebody a dipstick if they didn't know what was going on. So this uh, past Sunday, I said, don't be a dipstick. Always check your oil, because that really does focus on, uh, on what the gospel is really about this weekend. Right, and uh, there are a whole bunch of different ways to unpack this, but one of the things that immediately comes to mind is, you know, a hope in a Christian sense is not merely like, man, I hope the Bengals beat the Ravens this week on Thursday Night Football. I mean, that's just kind of like a wish. Uh, Whereas if you're one of those five virgins that has her lamp filled, you have an expectation the bridegroom will certainly return, and that's why you did that. That's exactly right. Yeah, it requires work. See, the first issue uh, where, where we have despair. Despair says um, you don't you don't even know that you need the oil or that you have the oil. You just don't know it, and as a result, you you go around basically thinking everything relies on you. It's a heavy weight to bear, and you don't know how to fix it or if you can fix it. And that's the virtue of despair. You're left all by yourself. You don't recognize you've been given this gift by God and that God will strengthen you. And so that's the defect. And we see a lot of that going on in the world today where they just feel overwhelmed and, and isolated. That's, that's despair. I can't, how in the world can God get out of this mess? Uh, and I, or I can't get out of this mess. And that leads us to make some, some very, very terrible decisions, you know? Yeah, and uh, I mean, you see it in, uh, well, in a lot of different ways. You see it in mental health crises, some of which, you know, have like biological components to them. But a lot of it is just if you just, you know, let yourself get washed over by terrible news story after terrible news story, and then you wake up and the first thing in the morning you do is check it and see how many more of those terrible news stories happened overnight. You're cultivating that spirit within yourself. Well, you are. You're creating a kind of um, a kind of slavery in which, I've been put in this world. There's no way out, and I'm not, if I want to get out, I'm going to have to do that myself. And so that's one of the that's the extreme of despair. The other extreme, of course, is that of presumption, and and that's equally as bad. You know, like I said, despair is saying, "Well, I don't even know where the oil is. I don't even know how to put, you know, check the oil to see or if I have it." Presumption is another name for entitlement. I don't need to worry about it. It's not my problem. And so, you know, when I was growing up, uh, my, one of the first things my dad taught when, when he said, you're going to drive, you're going to learn, you got to check the oil and make sure all this is right. And, of course, that's back when you could actually find the oil and, you know, get in the engine and actually see what was going on. But you learned how to do that. And presumption is, ah, I don't have to worry about that. That's, that's dad's problem. You know, or my sister had this car before I did, and she didn't believe in checking the oil. And so when I got the car, it's like, holy Moses, I got a lot of fixing I got to do because she almost blew the thing up running it with so little oil. And that's, and that's presumption, you know. Uh, I think, well, I don't have to worry about it. I just got to drive. I don't have to worry about maintenance. I don't have to worry about checking anything. God's got it all under control. See, God understands. That's presumption. And, uh, yeah, those are two words I get nervous when people say, well, God really understands why I did that, or God really understands. I said, no, he doesn't. He doesn't understand it at all. Yeah. Well, I understand why I do certain things. That doesn't mean I should get a pass on them. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the thing is, you know, where, where presumption gets really dangerous, it's, it's almost like going somewhere and doing something and, 
you know, stealing something from a shop and saying, ah, whatever, I know the owner, it's not a big deal, right? I mean, yeah. there's there's all kinds of ways that the presumption can play out, but usually what it is is giving ourselves a pass for something that we should probably not be giving ourselves a pass for. Well, it is. I mean, we're basically saying it's not my responsibility because, well, you know, God loves me, God does it all. He'll fix this without me even caring because he loves me. That's presumption. Now, okay, so those are two extremes. Now, the real virtue of hope that this gospel really focuses on is this fact, is that it involves both virtue. Virtues are both gifts, and they are also things we work at. And so the virtue of hope is the promise God gives us that we will reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven, but also that he keeps his word and he'll help us if we work with him. You know, I think sometimes one of the divine mottos that we forget is this phrase, people, you got to work with me here. You got to help me. You got to help me out, not because God isn't powerful enough to do it, but rather he expects our cooperation if we want to be saved. And so the Daily Sense of Hope says, okay, there's indicators. You know, we get the check engine light in our life if we find ourselves in the, in the, you know, feeling despair or feeling overwhelmed or we're lacking peace in our life. That's an indicator for us. We just can't, can't say, God, fix it. Instead, what we have to do is say, okay, Lord, I'm feeling this way. What am I doing in my life that I can then have to work on? What do I need to do? Do I need to ask you for more oil? Or worse, do I have a leak? You know, because sin creates a leak in the oil, and it dries out. It runs out. And so that's why part of our work in the virtue of hope is going to the sacrament of penance and confession. Because we go, we confess our sins, we let the Lord know, Lord, I got a problem here. I need a refill. And you go in there with a contrite heart, you confess your sins. And he fixes it all up again. And not only does he fix it, but he gives us the new oil of the grace of the Holy Spirit, sanctifying grace, which enables us to keep running again. And so we, we assume either it's all us or it's none of us. But the fact of the matter is, in our Catholic life, it's both. We have to cooperate with God and all of it. And now everybody him. knows why your show is called Driving Home. That's Drive. right. Father Rob Jack, thank you as always. Have a great day. Thanks, you too, Matt. Half past the hour, here's Anna with news. Good morning. The White House is confirming Hamas operates out of several hospitals in Gaza. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters that includes Al-Shifa, the largest hospital in the city. Patients are trapped by fighting and bombardment around that site. Kirby said Hamas uses tunnels underneath the hospital to store weapons and hold hostages, and is prepared to respond to an Israeli military operation against the facility. In Washington, the House has passed a stopgap bill that will prevent a government shutdown. Brian Shook reports. On Tuesday, the House voted in favor of a Republican plan to fund some departments until mid-January and the rest through early February at current spending levels. The bill now heads to the Senate where it has bipartisan support. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he would pass the legislation as soon as possible. I'm Brian Shook. U.S. bishops held elections during the first public session of their fall General Assembly yesterday. Oklahoma City Archbishop Paul Coakley was elected secretary of the conference. Bishop David O'Connell of Trenton was elected chairman of the Committee on Catholic Education. Bishop William Byrne of Springfield, Massachusetts, elected chairman of the Committee on Communications. 
Bishop Robert Brennan of Brooklyn was elected chairman of the Committee on Cultural Diversity. Bishop James Massa, an auxiliary of Brooklyn, was elected chairman of the Committee on Doctrine. Bishop Daniel Mugenborg of Reno was elected chairman of the Committee on National Collections. And Bishop Daniel Thomas of Toledo was elected the new chairman of the Committee on Pro-Life Activities. The U.S. and China are expected to announce a deal today that would crack down on the flow of fentanyl. President Biden is expected to announce the agreement when he meets with Chinese President Xi Jinping in San Francisco today. Under the agreement, China would go after companies producing and exporting the chemicals used to make fentanyl. Bloomberg reports the Biden administration in return would lift restrictions on China's Forensic Police Institute, which is an entity the U.S. has previously accused of human rights abuses. The Holy See yesterday released the Pope's letter for the next World Youth Day, which will be celebrated locally. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tollick reports. The theme of Pope Francis's World Youth Day letter, Rejoice in Hope, is a quotation from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Reflecting on the saint's words, the Pope says that youth is a time full of hopes and dreams. However, he notes, we are living in a period of crisis when for many people, including the young, hope seems absent. Many, he says, feel, quote, as if they are in a dark prison where the light of the sun cannot enter. In such situations, Pope Francis asks, how can we experience the joy and hope of which St. Paul speaks? One important strategy, he says, is to recognize that hope is, quote, not a product of our human efforts, plans, or skills. It is rather born of an encounter with Christ. Christian joy comes from God himself, from our knowledge of his love for us. A second method for maintaining hope in the midst of suffering, Pope Francis says, is to recognize that we can also be part of God's answer to the problem. Created by him in his image and likeness, the Pope says, we can be signs of his love, which gives rise to joy and hope, even in situations that appear hopeless. Having received this joy and hope, Pope Francis continues, we cannot keep it to ourselves. Nurture the spark that has been kindled in you, he urges, but at the same time, share it. You will come to realize that it grows by being given away. In particular, he asks, stay close to your friends who may be smiling on the outside but are weeping within for lack of hope. Do not let yourselves be infected by indifference and individualism. We cannot keep our Christian hope to ourselves, Pope Francis urges. It is meant for everyone. I'm Joseph Tullock. Starbucks union workers are planning their largest strike ever for one of the coffee chain's busiest days of the year. Mark Mayfield has more. Starbucks Workers United said in a news release that it is demanding the company come to an agreement over staffing and scheduling issues this Thursday on Red Cup Day, along with turning off mobile ordering for big promotion days. The union says the yearly event in which Starbucks gives away free reusable holiday cups is the biggest sales event of the season and one of the most infamously hard understaffed days for the baristas that work them. I'm Mark Mayfield. And the pallet fire that did major damage to the 10 freeway in Los Angeles is believed to have been intentionally set. That's the news. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Put your money where your heart is. Do business with someone who shares your faith and values. From Sacred Heart Radio's Angels List of Underwriters. And don't forget to tell them where you found out about them. Go to sacredheartradio.com and click Angels List. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. During the hottest of weather, Schneller Knockelman will keep you cool with air conditioning repair, installation, and maintenance. Schneller Knockelman. Find us at skpha.com. skpha.com. 
Looking for a special gift for a loved one this holiday season? Consider an offering of rest, prayer, and a time for reflection. Give the gift of a weekend retreat at the Jesuit Spiritual Center, a time to get away from the busyness of life and embrace God's love and mercy. Call now at 513-248-3500 for more information. That's 513-248-3500. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Feast of St. Albert the Great, Wednesday, November the 15th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nockman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Still nice, but still starting out kind of cold today. Right now, temperatures in the lower 30s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be mostly sunny and pleasant today with a high of 65 degrees. Mostly clear and staying dry tonight with an overnight low of 39. Mostly sunny and even warmer tomorrow with a high of 67 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, sunny skies today and a high of 66 Clear tonight with an overnight low of 38, sunny again tomorrow, and a high of 68 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Download our app at sacredheartradio.com. The Sunrise Morning Show continues, and we've been doing a Bible study through the Psalms. And picking a verse here and a verse there, things that kind of apply to the daily grind. Gary Zimak's been doing that with us. You can find him at followingthetruth.com. He helps people give up worry in regular life. He also helps people give up worry for Lent, too. But, Gary, how are you? I'm doing well, Matt. How about yourself? I'm doing well. We're in Psalm 33 today. What do we got? All right, Matt. Today we're going to look at, uh, and, and, you know, like the overall theme of every, every time I come on with you, we've been doing this for years now. My overall purpose, my overall goal, as you said, is, uh, and really the focus of my ministry, is to help others and, and myself, too, to overcome worry. And, and a lot of the times, uh, a lot of the things that cause what causes us stress very often is the fact that we either think that God's not in charge of our lives, of the world, of this, you know, the craziness we see around us, or that he doesn't see what we're going through. We're going to look at a few verses from Psalm 33 today that remind us that not only is the Lord in charge, but that he sees what we are going through. Psalm 33, verses 13 through 15. Here we go. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From where he sits enthroned, he looks forth on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. I don't know, Matt, when you look at these verses here from Psalm 33, I think it's difficult to conclude either that the Lord is not in charge, he's not sitting on the throne because right here we read that he is enthroned in heaven, or that he doesn't see what we're going through. He's in charge. He's in control. No matter what we see, no matter what it appears like, he is in control, he is in charge, and he sees everything that's going on. You know, I am just really struck in rereading this this morning. He looks forth on all the inhabitants of the earth, he who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. That idea that God fashions the hearts of all, so he knows what's in each person's heart. 
That is a hard thing for me to get perspective on, Gary, because I know what you talk about on this show. Uh, I sort of have gotten a relationship with you, you know, through doing radio over the years. But there's some stuff you're dealing with that you never tell me, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's some stuff I'm dealing with that I never tell you. There are people who are in our world who all we know them for are the things that they do to annoy us. But we don't know what burdens they're carrying. We don't know. There are all these people who are carrying invisible motives and burdens and struggles who they maybe never told a soul. The Lord sees those. He made those hearts. You know, Matt, I always like these conversations we have because you know, they always – I never know what you're going to say. We don't script these well, good. in advance. I don't plan right? it on and, purpose. It's more fun to, you know, kind of like and, wing, <laughs> wing And it I like it. I like it because the Holy Spirit leads us where we're supposed to go, and I really enjoy that. And one of the difficulties that I have in life, one of the things that causes me frustration is that sometimes other people annoy me. Sometimes they do things that, that I don't like. Sometimes, oh, you're, you don't say – Yeah, right. But but it's true. So what one of my goals, one of the things I know that I need to do is begin or try to look at people the way God sees them. And what you said is absolutely true. I don't know what is in the heart of that person who is giving me trouble, who has said something nasty to me. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what their motivation may be. And I think that I need to start getting better, and I'm very aware of this, uh, at seeing others as God sees them. And if I'm going to claim that I love God, I, how can I not love those who annoy me, even my enemies? This is what Jesus said I had to do. So it's a very good point. God knows what's in all of our hearts, he, and, and we don't. So, again, that is a, a message for all of us not just to to remind us of the importance of loving one another, giving them the benefit of the doubt, but a reminder that God knows me intimately. He knows exactly what's in my heart. And I know that, but I need to be reminded of that every day. Yeah, I absolutely need to be reminded of it. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I'm not from Philly. I'm from the South. So I was trained to be nice to strangers and be polite all the time. Like, <laughs> even if I even if I don't like somebody. It's, it's just sort of a weird thing wired into me. It has caused me to lie a lot <laughs> about yeah, right, right, how I feel right. about people. I appreciate the straightforwardness of my East Coast brethren. Uh, at least I know where they're coming from and what they actually think. Uh, but when it comes to that personal level, you know, having the patience and, and that sort of thing is, is a little bit easier for me with my neighbors, um, you know, the people that I actually run into in person. But I'll tell you where it gets hard, and, and this is where I think it's also really important for us to understand that God made the hearts and God knows the hearts. It's easy for me to say, you know, everyone is made in the image of God and of infinite value and worth. But here are 35 famous people who have been making horrible headlines. And mm. as far as I'm concerned, they have just nothing but impure motive. It, like, it's so easy for me to abstract, like famous people, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Athletes, musicians, actors, politicians, sometimes even famous people in the church and just say, well, I know what their deal is. Uh, it's yeah. very easy to dehumanize on that level. And then I find that when I do that, it transfers back down to the way that I treat the people in my actual life. Yeah, exactly. We we just, we tend to have this, uh, we have this tendency to assume what somebody's thinking, what motivates them. Some, sometimes we'll see, and again, you make the point of famous people that we'll see in the media, and they, you, every now and then somebody will have a life-changing experience. They'll, 
They'll start talking about they found religion. They found the Lord all of a sudden, and we sometimes look at them and say, yeah, that's right. It's all an act. It's all an act. They're, they're just going through it. And it's a reminder for us to really learn to, to not judge people. We can, we can judge their actions, but we can't judge what's in their heart. We don't know why they do what they do. Uh, am I good at this? No. I, I fall victim to this every day. But it's a reminder for us all to we're never going to know what people, what's really in the hearts of people, and, and therefore we can't judge their motives. We don't know what's motivating them. All we can do is try to give God the benefit, give them the benefit of, of the doubt, because God knows what they're going through, and treat them as as the Lord would like us to treat them. And it's it's also a reminder of how many times we're watching the news or we're hearing about a celebrity doing this or that crazy thing, or even people at social media, friends of ours, online friends of ours who say crazy things, and we criticize them. We almost condemn them sometimes for what they're doing or saying, oh, that person's a loser. They don't know what they're doing, instead of saying a quick prayer for them. And that's something i got to remember. These are real people, whether we're dealing with them in our lives, uh, we're seeing them in person, or our online friends, some of the things we see posted on social media anymore. And that's one of the reasons I was motivated to choose these, this, these verses today, because of a lot of what I see on my Facebook feed lately, um, and, and, you know, or whether we're seeing people on TV or hearing about them in the, in the, on, on the Internet, people, celebrities who are, are doing crazy things or... Um, in in difficult situations, do we just take time to say a prayer for them? Because they are real people. They're real people that came from real families uh, who have real struggles, who have probably real trouble sleeping, and they wouldn't do stupid things if they felt at peace with with themselves and who they are, right? And as you say, though, I have not mastered this skill, and neither have you. If we had, I don't think we'd be doing a segment on it. So <laughs> Exactly. We've got followingthetruth.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From where he sits enthroned, he looks forth on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. Psalm 33, 13 through 15. Gary Zimak got you linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Have a great day. Thank you, buddy. Talk to you next time. 14 till back after this. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Support is from Affirm Films comes Journey to Bethlehem, a Christmas musical film for the whole family. This wasn't a dream. An angel came to me. You are in danger, Mary. This child, what is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem, starring Fiona Palomo, Milo Mannheim, Lecrae, Joel Smallbone, and Antonio Banderas. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere now. Soundtrack also available. More information is at journeytobethlehem.com. It's the season of chunky soup and chunky sweaters, which means it's also pumpkin coffee season. 
And the Mystic Monks have their pumpkin spice blend in stock and ready for you to enjoy. And when you go to the Monks through sunrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on any flavor coffee or tea that you buy. Why shell out five bucks for a tall PSL when you can customize your own at home and drink it from a Sunrise Morning Show mug that you can find in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee through sunrisemorningshow.com. The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. This is Dr. Ray Grandy from The Doctor Is In. You call in, and we will talk about what matters to you in your life. We can put our heads together to help you solve the problems of life and to use your faith to get even smarter. The Doctor Is In with Dr. Ray Gurindy. This afternoon, 1 Eastern on EWTN Radio. On the next More to Life, Marriage Madness. Marital struggles will help you celebrate the relationship God wants for you. That's later today on More to Life. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. Jared Stout. He is author of How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization from Tan Books. Today we're going to be talking about a free study that he's going to be doing for the Institute of Catholic Culture over the next few months over at instituteofcatholicculture.org. Good morning, Dr. Stout. Good morning. So Jesus of Nazareth discovering Christ with Pope Benedict the 16th. This will be taking place on various Monday nights. The first one is this coming Monday, November the 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. How will you be conducting this series, Dr. Stout? Well, this isn't a class. It's a book study. So I certainly will be offering my thoughts on what we're reading, but there will be more time for interaction and questions and comments than we would have in a normal class. And Jesus of Nazareth is in three volumes. And, and one of the, the neat things about this study is how we're lining up with the liturgical year. Yeah. The main volume of Jesus of Nazareth is focused on Jesus' public ministry from the baptism onward. But during Advent, we're actually going to take a break from that. And we're going to look at the infancy narratives, which was actually the final part of the trilogy um, and then we'll pick back up after Christmas to finish that that first main volume. But then when we get into Lent, we're going to be switching over to the second volume, which is focused on Holy Week. Nice. I am so pumped about this, and in particular because of the reading plan, which, by the way, folks, if you want to see the reading plan so that you know what to read ahead of time to be part of the study um, you can go to instituteofcatholicculture.org, and uh, there's a little card on the front page of the live events page anyway that uh, that you can click on and, and a link there to download the reading plan and to register. Again, this is for free uh, to be a part of this with Dr. Stout. And Dr. Stout, I'm just wondering, you know, why you wanted to do this series. I mean, we love Benedict the 16th, but what do you think is is the brilliance of this Jesus of Nazareth trilogy in in how Pope Benedict really illuminates and and helps us to I guess appreciate for lack of a better word, the life of our Lord. You know, it's very personal for me because 
When I was in high school, I, I was being taught the Old Testament through this textbook. And the textbook just explained everything away. You know, no, nothing mm -hmm. really happened the way that the Bible said it did. And, wow. you know, this and that. And all. I, I stood up at the end of the class and I ripped the book in half and threw it in the trash can. Wow. And after that, I just avoided biblical studies. <laughs> I mean, I have a doctorate in theology, and I just avoided biblical study. Wow. wow. And actually, um, it was during my graduate studies that Benedict became pope. And it's interesting. He started this series before he became pope, but he wrote most of it while he was pope. And so it's it's pretty extraordinary for a pope to be working on a theological project like this that's not officially a part of his duties or even part of his magisterial teaching. This was a personal work. Uh, but reading it completely changed the way that I approached the Bible. I think I always personally, you know, w w had a spiritual devotion to the Bible, but academically, you know, really opened my eyes and taught me the right way to, to read the Bible for theology. And that is, well, first of all, that the Bible is talking about real things, right? So Benedict very strongly points us to the historical reality, especially of Jesus, but of the narrative of the Bible as a whole. Secondly, that he's reading this along with the whole tradition of the church, right? So that we're not just picking up the Bible today and then trying to figure it all out on our own. But then the third thing, and this is what made a lot of difference for me, is that because the Bible is rooted in historical realities, that modern historical critical studies can actually be helpful because they help us to understand the time. He said, now, we can't take that too far, right? We, we shouldn't expect modern historical studies to be able to tell us about the truth of the Bible. You know, they, they all claim that they can, but he says they don't. And so we need to have a hermeneutic of faith, which he also calls an ecclesial hermeneutic. A hermeneutic is a way of interpreting. So the way that we interpret the Bible must be rooted, first of all, in faith, but second of all, in the community of the church. And then we can take the fruits of modern historical studies and bring them into a hermeneutic of faith. Mm. That was revolutionary for me, and, and it's deeply impacted me, and I'm, I'm very excited to get into this with everybody in the study. So can you explain how that is done? I think so many of us in modern times feel like we have to impose ourselves onto Scripture rather than receiving it with the eyes and, and the mind and the heart of faith. Yeah, I mean, here's a basic example. The Jews were expecting the Messiah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you could look into the text itself, you know, and when you, when you see the word Christ, it can be hard even linguistically, and this is why it's important to unpack this. When people call Jesus the Christ, the word Christ means Messiah. So what were the Jews expecting? For, for, for a Messiah. And how did Jesus change those expectations? If you're just sitting down, even as a faithful Catholic, and you're trying to read the text on your own, you're going to have a hard time doing that. But if you look at modern historical scholarship, they're going to say, well, well let's look at all the other contemporary sources. What did other people at the time say 
that they thought the Messiah uh, would be like. Who were other people claiming to be the Messiah? Because there were people claiming to be the Messiah. And, and what were they claiming to do? Like to lead a military revolt, for instance, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Pope Benedict will say, well, what did the church fathers say about understanding the identity of the Christ, you know? And he brings these things together in, in a beautiful synthesis, right? And so he is very devotional, right? So th- these things d- do relate to our own relationship with God. But they're historical realities that can be studied and that do actually help us to understand what we believe better because we can know more about the time, right? Yeah. Um, but also ecclesial that we really aren't reading this in, in isolation. We're, we're joining a, a people that goes back thousands of years who have been trying to understand the will of God as he's revealing it. Well, that's what's so incredible about the fact that we have a God who came into history. We can use it all. Yeah, and, and we always say that, you know, with the Catholic approach, that it's, a, a, you know, both and, not either or. Mm-hmm. And I certainly, I think, had an, an either or mentality with Scripture. Like, okay, for me, this is what I believe. This is my faith. I, it, I, I listen to the Scriptures at church. And as a theologian, well, I, I'm not going to pay attention to all those historical critics because they're just trying to undermine the truth of the Bible, you know. And Benedict says, no. We don't have to be afraid of that, and there's a lot we can use, and we also have to be wise enough not to get drawn down into all these problematic conclusions. So we just have to be judicious. And Attention, Sacred Heart Radio volunteers. Wednesday, December 6th is our Advent Pledge Drive, and we need volunteers to answer phones from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. that day. If you can help, even for an hour, call 513-731-7740 or visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. We need your help to raise $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. If you can answer phones anytime that day, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rua Wood Psychological Services, integrating psychological science and the truths of our Catholic faith with offices in Dayton and Cincinnati. More information at 513-407-8878 or rwpsych.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can help deck the halls this Christmas. Heirloom quality nativities, advent wreaths, books, CDs, and much more in beautiful Miamisburg or stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult to machine materials. Find out more at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com. 
Central Fabricators, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, custom builds and repairs corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. These are used to manufacture liquids used in everyday products like health and beauty aids, pharmaceuticals, and food. Central Fabricators uses the latest in technology and modern equipment to deliver quality products, and big orders are not a problem. Central Fabricators, ASME certified, and on the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. I'm Father Dan Schmidtmeyer, Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at SacredHeartRadio.com. Wednesday, the 15th of November, the Feast of St. Albert the Great. Let's begin with a prayer of his in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We pray to you, O Lord, who are the supreme truth, and all truth is from you. We beseech you, O Lord, who are the highest wisdom, and all the wise depend on you for their wisdom. You are the supreme joy, and all who are happy owe it to you. You are the light of minds, and all receive their understanding from you. We love you above all, we seek you, we follow you, and we are ready to serve you. We desire to dwell under your power, for you are the King of all. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Albert the Great, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for being along here on a Wednesday morning. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Ackman at the controls. And Travis has got our video feed up and running. You can access that in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. And uh, see if the, I don't know, if my glasses match my shirt or whatever. You can see. You can see it in the uh, in the video stream. Father Philip Michael Tangora will join us this morning, our canon law correspondent. We'll also check in with Carlo Broussard from Catholic Answers. Father Augustin Weta has more stories of old monks to help us with our decision-making and discernment process. And then Dr. Michael Dauphiné will discuss this, uh, the Pursuit of Wisdom course he's doing for Ave Maria University. He uh, drew the C.S. Lewis card. So that's what he's teaching on. Very much looking forward to talking to him about that. Right now it is two minutes past the hour. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. The White House is confirming Hamas does operate out of several hospitals in Gaza. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters that does include Al-Shifa, which is the largest hospital in the city. Video has shown patients trapped by fighting and bombardment around the site. The hospital is without power as well. Kirby said the militant group uses tunnels underneath the hospital to store weapons and hold hostages and is prepared to respond to an Israeli military operation against the facility. 
In Washington, the House has passed a stopgap bill that will prevent a government shutdown. Brian Shook reports. On Tuesday, the House voted in favor of a Republican plan to fund some departments until mid-January and the rest through early February at current spending levels. The bill now heads to the Senate where it has bipartisan support. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he would pass the legislation as soon as possible. I'm Brian Shook. The U.S. bishops held elections during the first public session of their fall General Assembly yesterday. Archbishop's the Archbishop of Oklahoma City, Paul Coakley, was elected secretary of the USCCB. Bishop David O'Connell of Trenton, New Jersey, elected chairman of the Committee on Catholic Education. Bishop William Byrne of Springfield, Massachusetts, elected chairman of the Committee on Communications. Bishop Robert Brennan of Brooklyn was elected chairman of the Committee on Cultural Diversity. Bishop James Massa of Brooklyn, an auxiliary, was elected chairman of the Committee on Doctrine. Bishop Daniel Mugenborg of Reno was elected chairman of the Committee on National Collections, and Bishop Daniel Thomas of Toledo, Ohio, was elected chairman of the Committee on Pro-Life Activities. The bishops also heard various reports from current committee chairman, as well as an opening address from USCCB President Archbishop Timothy Brolio and the Apostolic Nuncio Cardinal Christophe Pierre. President Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping will be meeting face-to-face today. The two leaders are scheduled to meet on the sidelines of the Asian Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit, which is underway in San Francisco. Biden told reporters yesterday the U.S. wants to restart military communications between the two nations. He said the U.S. and China should be able to pick up the phone to talk to one another in a crisis. The Federal Reserve could start cutting interest rates in the spring. Mark Mayfield has more. That's according to a new estimate from UBS Investment Bank. The cuts could come as early as March. UBS said easing inflation could pave a way for a 2.75% decrease in the interest rate over the year. That would almost have the current 5.5% rate. It also predicted the economy would go into a recession by next year's second quarter, which would enable a rate cut. I'm Mark Mayfield. Six people are dead and 18 injured after a charter bus carrying high school students crashed in central Ohio. The Ohio State Highway Patrol said the crash happened yesterday morning on I-70 when the bus was rear-ended by a semi east of Columbus. The bus and four other vehicles were involved in a chain reaction crash with three of the vehicles catching fire. The bus was taking band students and their chaperones from a high school in Newark, Ohio, to a conference in Columbus. And the Holy See yesterday released the Pope's message for the next World Youth Day, which will be celebrated in local parishes. The theme this year is taken from Romans 12:12, rejoicing in hope. The Holy Father said, quote, as young people, you are indeed the joyful hope of the church and of a humanity always on the move. I would like to take you by the hand and walk with you on the path of hope, end quote. Today is Wednesday, November the 15th. It is the Feast of St. Albert the Great, the universal doctor of the church, the teacher of another doctor of the church, the angelic one, St. Thomas Aquinas. St. Albert the Great, co-patron of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, where the Sunrise Morning Show is based. Pray for us. Father Philip Michael Tangora joins us next. We're coming up on 7 Past here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Are you longing to hear God's voice? 
Lord Teach Me to Pray, the free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you're seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy by knowing Jesus personally. Lord Teach Me to Pray is free. Just go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red box and order the Lord Teach Me to Pray series. Again, that's lordteachmetopray.com. Support is from Affirm Films comes Journey to Bethlehem, a Christmas musical film for the whole family. This wasn't a dream. An angel came to me. Can we? Can we? Look at the star. This is it! You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Federal guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere now. Soundtrack also available. More information is at journeytobethlehem.com. With us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Philip Michael Tangora. He's a pastor, canon lawyer, and author of Holiness and Living the Sacramental Life. Good morning, Father. Good morning, everybody. It's good to have you back. And the U.S. bishops have been meeting in Baltimore this week at their General Assembly. And these kind of gatherings always open with, among other things, an address from the president of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. And currently, the U.S. bishops are led by Archbishop Timothy Broglio, who is the Archbishop of the Military Services of the USA, which I think gives him a rather unique perspective on the church and the world. So with that in mind, Father, what stood out in his address to you? Well, he addressed the unique role that U.S. bishops are going to need to play in using their prophetic voice to call for peace. As we all know, in the world right now, the United States is pretty much fighting two proxy wars, one against Russia just two. via the Ukraine. Well, <laughs> Two that are uh, that are uh, military conflicts, others that are cyber uh, mm. conflicts and economic warfare and things of that sort. Uh, so we have the the one in in the Ukraine slash Russia, and then we have now the one in the Holy Land, so Israel and uh, Hamas slash Palestine slash Iran slash the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, yeah, And in each and every single one of these uh, conflicts, the United States is, in essence, fighting this pr as a proxy, mm -hmm. uh, using Israel or using the Ukraine to engage in a military conflict that uh, they wouldn't, they're not directly involved in. Yet we need to be a voice for peace. And, and this is what Archbishop Broglio, uh, and this is what uh, the whole world is really calling for, uh, especially the United States to be in this moment, is a, a voice for peace. And as we're coming into the Advent season in way too short of a time, it seems, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, and that is a season of peace. Yeah. That is a season where we are called to come upon the Prince of Peace and to recognize uh, his mother as the Queen of Peace and seek uh, 
seek that message of peace. And I, I really feel that Archbishop Broly was very right that, you know, our, our military has been engaged in conflict for many years now. And, and, and really what the world needs is peace and not uh, the beginnings of, of a third world war, which seemingly looks like it is on the verge of. I mean, Pope Francis himself has said that we are already in the midst of a world war in his perspective, that mm-hmm. this is, I mean, there are things happening all over the world and your head kind of spins, doesn't it, Father, when you think about, I mean, you mentioned the two big ones that make the headlines, but they're all kinds of Yeah, but of then you have the South China, you've got the South China Sea and say, Taiwan and China. There's Myanmar. Um, that that has gone out of the headlines. You've got things in, in sub-Saharan Africa, like Nigeria. Uh, uh, stuff going on in Syria. There's Yemen. I mean, to you, we, we, we get, we get fixated on, on the big ones, of course. And, and, you know, I was thinking about the, the Hamas Israel war, because of course that's the one that's on everybody's mind. There are marches going on all over the United States um, on Mm -hmm. either side of, of this conflict right now. And, and, and I was thinking about it, all kinds of people, outraged um about about what israel is doing you know they're bombarding um hamas around around these hospitals but then the u.s Mm -hmm. just confirming that even though people innocent people are dying through no fault of their own it turns out the u.s is confirming hamas is stockpiling weapons underneath these hospitals hospitals and and holding hospital holding hostages I mean, it's just unreal. So some people might wonder, how do you become a prophetic voice for peace in such a complicated world? Well, this is what this is why we really do need to be uh, a little bit more sophisticated. Yeah. And we can't just allow for uh, simple answers, yet we cannot lose sight of the simple goal. Mm. The simple goal is truly peace, for uh, fraternity through unity, peace through unity. And that, because peace is the product of unity. It flows from unity. So if we can unite people, then we can bring about peace, all right? So what we need to do is strengthen and get people together in order to, uh, provide for greater unity, and if that unity is affected, and that's that's where it gets very complicated, obviously, because when one side wants all of these people dead, and the other side wants all these people dead, mm-hmm. that's kind of hard to reconcile. Yeah, uh, and so that's why there has to be uh, a witness to peace, prayers for peace. Uh, uh, the dialogue, you know, people will talk a lot about the First Amendment and how uh, the answer is not censorship, but more speech. Well, we have to provide a louder voice for peace, for unity, that it starts to resonate in the hearts and the minds of people. And that's why I began this by saying it's the usage of one's prophetic voice, through teaching, through speech, more speech that is engendering unity instead of hatred. And uh, instead of 
uh, fueling debate because no heart was ever converted through debate. We need to really just get that language of unity and peace out there more and more. And that is how you turn the tide through witness and through using that prophetic voice to proclaim peace, to proclaim unity that will ultimately uh, resonate deeper within the hearts and the minds of humanity, of our brothers and sisters in this one human family, uh, than the language of hatred and violence and vendetta and whatever. Father, can I ask one more thing? And that is, I'm sure you are aware of those who scoff at the idea of thoughts and prayers, right? And (laughs) say, you're not doing anything. And I'm going to set thoughts aside uh, because we are a Catholic radio station. Um, Yeah. What is the power of prayer in times like this? The power of prayer will change hearts and change the world. And when we witness to prayer, when we, by praying, when we give that witness, I I mean, there's nothing more moving. I I think that if if one of these pro-Palestinian rallies that have been so frequently uh, seen on television and whatnot, if instead of standing in the middle of the streets or closing down Grand Central Station in Manhattan, like they did last Thursday, uh, uh, if they would just get on their knees and pray, I think that that would be such a more powerful witness and testimony. Certainly would change our own hearts if we prayed more, that's for sure. We've been talking to Father Philip Michael Tangora, and you can find his book, Holiness and Living the Sacramental Life, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father, really appreciate your thoughts this morning. Thank you so much. All right. God bless everybody. Pray for peace, witness to peace, peace and unity. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. Thank you, Father. All right. It's 17 past. We're back with headlines right after this. Support is for MediShare. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into. And that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month. And that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. 
EWTN's religious catalog has terrific suggestions for Christmas gifts. The prayer book for tired parents, practical ways to grow in love of God and get your family to heaven by David and Debbie Cowden will help you develop a home brimming with love, peace, and faith that will help your family become the saints God made you to be. The prayer book for tired parents is one of many great Christmas gifts from EWTN religious catalog. For more, visit EWTNRC.com today. 19 past. Here's Anna with headlines. The White House is confirming Hamas does operate out of several hospitals, including the largest hospital, Al-Shifa, in Gaza. The U.S. bishops held elections during their first public session of the Fall General Assembly yesterday, and Pope Francis has written a letter that the Holy See put out yesterday for the next World Youth Day, which will be celebrated locally. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Uh, and it is the Feast of St. Albert the Great. Mm-hmm. Glad that you're uh, you're along here with us as we celebrate it in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. <clears throat> I mentioned that Dr. Kevin Vos, the late Dr. Kevin Vos, a longtime Sunrise Morning Show regular, had a book uh, where he unpacked St. Albert's thoughts uh, mm-hmm. and the way that he approached nature. I wanted to share a couple more questions that he oh, l- logs here <laughs> that Albert the Great... Uh, goes through because it shows you the range of Albert wanting to tackle massive intellectual issues, but also like quirky, just like human questions. So, uh, questions about whether the marrow is necessary for the bones' nourishment. It's a technical, hmm. scientific okay. question, sure. but also whether fish can hear. You ever think about that? St. Albert did. Or <laughs> why do some people who eat more what not is- gain weight, and why do some people who eat only a little gain lots of weight? <laughs> Oh, man. Even Albert the Great thought about this. That's incredible. I'm telling you, he thought about literally everything. The universal doctor. St. Albert the Great, pray Pray for for us. us. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith. Where Margie Christie will share the latest news from Dayton Right to Life. Alan McLearado will talk about the dangers of teenagers and pornography. I'll reflect on the importance of checking the oil of the Holy Spirit in your souls. With frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Support comes from On a Mission to Love for books, handcrafted gifts for baptism, communion, confirmation, wedding, birthdays, and more. All deeply based in the rosary and devotion to our Holy Mother. Onamissiontolove.com. That's onamissiontolove.com. All are precious in God's sight, no matter our age, race, ability, or residence. Yet many lives are threatened, especially in the womb. Cincinnati Right to Life works to protect the good gift of life at every age and every stage. For more information, go to CincinnatiRightToLife.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Central Fabricators. Central Fabricators is currently seeking welders for their ASME code fabrication shop. They're looking for hard-working professionals who enjoy meeting challenges and surpassing customer expectations. Candidates are required to have experience in fit-up and welding. This is long-term employment in a secure, rewarding full-time career with a four-day work week, health care and dental benefits, and paid vacations. More information at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Looking for a special gift for a loved one this holiday season? Consider an offering of rest, prayer, and a time for reflection. Give the gift of a weekend retreat at the Jesuit Spiritual Center, a time to get away from the busyness of life and embrace God's love and mercy. 
Call now at 513-248-3500 for more information. That's 513-248-3500. 23 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. So happy to have you along with us on this feast of St. Albert the Great. Pray for us. Carlo Broussard back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's an apologist with Catholic Answers, host of the Sunday Catholic Word podcast available at mrsundaypodcast.com. You can invite him to speak at your parish through catholicanswersspeakers.com. We're going through his book from Catholic Answers Press, The New Relativism. Good morning, Carlo. Hey, good morning, Anna. It's good to have you. We are in your chapter entitled, Thou Shalt Not Be a Judgmental, Hateful Bigot. And I think I've mentioned before that I do not want to be a judgmental, hateful bigot. So when you put it that way, anyway. So can you remind us uh, just quickly what, uh, what they mean by that? Yeah, so what they mean by judgmental, hateful bigot is simply anyone who criticizes certain lifestyle choices, in particular within our modern climate, lifestyle choices associated with the LGBTQ plus community, lifestyle choices involving same-sex sexual activity, so-called sex reassignment surgeries, males presenting themselves as females, uh, quote-unquote, the transgender lifestyle. These would be the sorts of lifestyle choices that if viewed and expressed to be immoral, then one is labeled as being judgmental, hateful. Hmm. One is viewed to be a bad person simply for calling out as immoral these particular uh, lifestyle choices or be human behaviors. Yeah, so and, that's what they mean. And you point behavior. out in the book here that you don't have to scratch the veneer very much to find the moral relativism that yeah. is underneath this accusation. So tell us about that. Yeah, well, if you think about it, notice how right when we try to offer a critical evaluation of a human behavior were somehow shut down. And the implication is, as I see it, is that human behavior is off the table mm. for moral evaluation. It's as if you can't morally evaluate human behavior and offer a critical evaluation of it. Now, if you think about that, Anna, what you see is that that smacks of moral relativism because... Within the mental framework of moral relativism, guess what? Human behaviors are off the table for moral evaluation. (laughs) You cannot criticize someone else's behavior or action and say it is immoral because within the mental framework of moral relativism, there is no immoral behavior, objectively speaking. Mm. The truth about the good of the human behavior is entirely dependent upon the individual and the individual's judgment. It's relative to the individual. So there can be no objective right or wrong, good or bad human behavior, bad human behavior for us to criticize. So we come back over to the modern climate, and what are we told? 
you can't criticize these lifestyle choices. And if you do, you're a bad person. Now, there's some incoherence there because they're saying we're wrong for offering the criticism, which <laughs> is, is a moral evaluation of our behavior. And so the question would be, well, why can you morally evaluate my behavior in a negative way, but I can't do that for these behaviors? Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is that human behavior, in particular, these human behaviors that we're talking about, seem to be off the table and not subject to moral evaluation. And that's where more relativism is creeping in. Yeah. And can you talk more about this? Because it is so, what's the word I'm looking for? Confusing that certain behaviors are considered to be like synonymous with you yourself, like you as a person. And then yeah. there are some that they just think is like an action that can be, I almost feel like they think, yeah, you can judge actions, but my actions are actually who I am. Does that make right. sense? Yes, there's a collapsing. There's a collapsing of the behavior into the very identity mm -hmm. of the person uh, and such that whenever we offer criticism, we're perceived as attacking them as a person rather than offering a critical analysis of the behavior itself. Now, there's some half truth to that mm -hmm. because our behaviors, our acts, Anna, actually do determine the moral quality of our character sure. such that when I engage, if, if I were to engage in adultery, I would be an adulterer. Yeah. If I were to lie, I would be a liar. They actually determine the moral quality of our soul such that bad behavior makes people bad people. Okay. Mm -hmm. However, here's the problem. When within the modern climate, these behaviors are viewed to be identical to the very identity of the person such that they're locked into it. So if I offer a criticism of your behavior, Anna, you're perceiving it as an attack on you as a person in the sense that you're locked in, you cannot change your behavior because within moral relativism, there's no good behavior for you to change to. Wow. And so the implication yeah. is that you are locked in and that's intrinsically you. And so when I criticize the behavior, I'm criticizing you as an intrinsic person, right? That you wow. can't get away of, you can't get out of. This one is going to be hard to refute, but I know you've done so. There are, wow, there's a lot left in this chapter that we got to cover here, and we'll get started on that the next time we get together, uh, refuting the, uh, the relativism that is inherent in this accusation of being a judgmental hateful bigot, but encourage folks in the meantime to pick up a copy of The New Relativism from Catholic Answers Press, which you can find linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Carlo, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. God bless. You too. Thank you very much. It's half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. The White House is confirming Hamas does operate out of several hospitals in Gaza. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters this includes Al-Shifa, which is the largest hospital in the city. Patients have been trapped by fighting and bombardment around the site. Kirby said the militant group uses tunnels underneath the hospital to store weapons and hold hostages and is prepared to respond to an Israeli military operation against the facility. Meanwhile, a bipartisan group of senators is warning Iran to not turn this conflict in Gaza 
into a regional war. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham says the resolution introduced yesterday urges the U.S. to strike Iran if Americans are killed by Iranian proxies in the Middle East or if Hezbollah opens up a second front against Israel. Dozens of U.S. troops in Iraq and Syria have been injured in attacks carried out by Iranian-backed groups. Both Hezbollah and Hamas are backed by Iran. Meanwhile, in Washington, the House has passed a stopgap bill that will prevent a government shutdown. Brian Shook has more. On Tuesday, the House voted in favor of a Republican plan to fund some departments until mid-January and the rest through early February at current spending levels. The bill now heads to the Senate where it has bipartisan support. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he would pass the legislation as soon as possible. I'm Brian Shook. The U.S. bishops held elections during the first public session of the fall General Assembly in Baltimore yesterday. Oklahoma City Archbishop Paul Coakley was elected secretary. Bishop David O'Connell of Trenton elected chairman of the Committee on Catholic Education. Springfield Bishop William Byrne was elected chairman of the Committee on Communications. Brooklyn Bishop Robert Brennan was elected chairman of Cultural Diversity. Auxiliary Bishop of Brooklyn James Massa was elected chairman of the Committee on Doctrine. Reno Bishop Daniel Mugenborg was elected chairman of the Committee on National Collections. And Toledo Bishop Daniel Thomas, elected chairman of the Committee on Pro-Life Activities. The second day of public sessions for the U.S. bishops continues today. The U.S. and China are expected to announce a deal today that would crack down on the flow of fentanyl. President Biden is expected to announce an agreement when he meets with Chinese President Xi Jinping in San Francisco today under the agreement. China would go after companies producing chemicals used to make fentanyl. And the Biden administration, according to Bloomberg, would in return lift restrictions on China's Forensic Police Institute, an entity the U.S. has previously accused of human rights abuses. The Holy See yesterday released the Pope's letter for the next World Youth Day to be celebrated locally. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tollick reports. The theme of Pope Francis's World Youth Day letter, Rejoice in Hope, is a quotation from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Reflecting on the saint's words, the Pope says that youth is a time full of hopes and dreams. However, he notes, we are living in a period of crisis, when for many people, including the young, hope seems absent. Many, he says, feel, quote, as if they are in a dark prison where the light of the sun cannot enter. In such situations, Pope Francis asks, how can we experience the joy and hope of which St. Paul speaks? One important strategy, he says, is to recognize that hope is, quote, not a product of our human efforts, plans, or skills. It is rather born of an encounter with Christ. Christian joy comes from God himself, from our knowledge of his love for us. A second method for maintaining hope in the midst of suffering, Pope Francis says, is to recognize that we can also be part of God's answer to the problem. Created by him in his image and likeness, the Pope says, we can be signs of his love, which gives rise to joy and hope, even in situations that appear hopeless. Having received this joy and hope, Pope Francis continues, we cannot keep it to ourselves. Nurture the spark that has been kindled in you, he urges, but at the same time, share it. You will come to realize that it grows by being given away. In particular, he asks, stay close to your friends who may be smiling on the outside but are weeping within for lack of hope. Do not let yourselves be infected by indifference and individualism. We cannot keep our Christian hope to ourselves, Pope Francis urges. It is meant for everyone. I'm Joseph Tullock. Thousands of Starbucks baristas will soon be on strike. Unionized baristas across the nation hit the picket lines Thursday on the company's so-called Red Cup Day 
a popular promotional event when Starbucks gives out holiday-themed reusable cups. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past the hour. The holiday season can be a dark time for all who are grieving. St. Francis Xavier Church in downtown Cincinnati hosts Service of the Longest Night, Saturday, November 11th at 10 a.m. For information, visit sacredheartradio.com slash events. This is Chris Knockelman, owner of Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Our family has been a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio for more than a decade, and we encourage other businesses to do the same. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of St. Albert the Great, Wednesday, November the 15th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockman Plumbing, Heating, and Air, online at skpha.com. Still nice, but still starting out kind of cold today. Right now, temperatures in the lower 30s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be mostly sunny and pleasant today with a high of 65 degrees. Mostly clear and staying dry tonight with an overnight low of 39. Mostly sunny and even warmer tomorrow with a high of 67 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, sunny skies today and a high of 66 Clear tonight with an overnight low of 38. Sunny again tomorrow and a high of 68 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Download our app at sacredheartradio.com. Thank you for joining us on this Feast of St. Albert the Great. The Doctor Universalis, and uh, there are a lot of people who are doctors of a lot of things in the life of the church. But if you are the universal doctor, that means that you thought and talked and wrote and prayed about a lot of things. And so St. Albert the Great, a great model for anyone pursuing any kind of intellectual uh, curiosity or pursuit, as it were. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Augustine Weta, a Benedictine monk who's got a book called Pray, Think, Act. It's all about making better decisions with the help of the Desert Fathers. Father Weta, how are you? I'm doing all right. You know, you never know till a couple of weeks later, but so far so good. Yeah, everything makes more sense in retrospect. Uh, and this <laughs> is why we look at the stories of the Desert Fathers that have endured for who knows how long. Uh, today we get That's a right. monk doing battle with the devil, uh, or with a demon at the very least. I wonder if you could share that story with us. <laughs> Actually, I think we're talking about uh, a monk who wrote books and then stuck them on the shelf. I could be wrong. Well, I could uh, be wronger because uh, well, I get which, them mixed up. So which one? <laughs> we'll go with whatever one you're ready to go on. All right. Well, we'll maybe we'll we'll talk about demons later. Perhaps I'll go back and have a look. Maybe I've maybe I, in my enthusiasm I may have uh, skipped a chapter or something. Um, but uh, the, the story that I was thinking of was. That an old monk said, the prophets wrote books, 
Then came our fathers who put them into practice, and those who came after them learned them by heart. And then came the present generation, who wrote them out, put them on shelves, and never looked at them again. <laughs> ouch. But, yeah. It's, and it, yeah, it is a big ouch because, and I think it's particularly apropos to our current situation because I think we have a tendency to say, like, well, I, I basically, well, to reject what we don't understand, to say, well, I went to Catholic school or I was an altar boy. Um, and so I understand Catholic teaching and I disagree on this uh, without ever actually really looking into it. When I was ordained, I actually, I, uh, some people gave me money, which is pretty useless for a monk, but I went to my abbot and asked him if I could buy the Summa Theologica. And then I made a promise to myself that I would not, I would not leave my vows until I had finished reading St. Thomas's Summa, because you really can't reject Catholic teaching until you have read all of Thomas Aquinas. And, um, I'm 50, well, I'm 23 years into my monastic vows. I still haven't made it past chapter three, so... So you've technically kept your promise, by the way, of staying in religious life at least until you finish the Summa. (laughs) Well, I mean, I figure if I finish the Summa, I can at least say, well, okay, now I really have an in-depth knowledge of Catholic teaching. Um, But the thing is, like, I, I think we all have a tendency to think that, like, Nobody ever had it as bad as we do, or that the times have never been quite this bad. But uh, we forget that a lot of these decisions that we have to make have been made before by people. And so uh, going and consulting someone who's older and perhaps has made more mistakes uh, can really help. Of course, all this boils down to obedience, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, it boils down to a lot of things. You know, as you're talking about this uh, concept of having lots of these books that were recorded and now we put them on the shelves and, you know, we have, uh, I don't know, I think it might have been C.S. Lewis who talked about it like as chronological snobbery, like we're we're the yeah. smartest people because we're here most recently. Uh, so yeah. anybody who came before us is probably not that smart. But I think that also um, betrays kind of... Uh, I don't know, a, a certain prejudice as to what we think are in those books. Because if all that's in yeah. the, those books is scientific information, then of course it's probably obsolete. It might be interesting to right. see what kind of things people were like looking into. But it turns out that uh, a lot of those books that remain on our shelves are actually uh, wisdom literature, uh, poetry, uh, fiction that understands the human condition in sort of a unique way. Uh, you know, spiritual direction stuff. Like, there's a lot of stuff that talks about what it means to be a human being. And if we just say, "Well, those people didn't have the internet, so they must not be as smart as me," we're losing a lot. Right. Well, and if you're, I mean, like a lot of people will say, "Well, I don't believe in religion. I believe in science." But uh, I mean, the whole point of science is that you keep disproving what your predecessors proved. Right. I mean, I. I I, do you remember an old uh, Saturday Night Live skit by Steve Martin called Theodore of York, medieval barber? <laughs> Where he he would he would say something like, you know, a hundred years ago we used to think this disease was caused by fairies. Ha 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 ha! Now of course we know it's caused by gnomes. <laughs> like, and, you, and 
can't. I mean, if you look at the science of a hundred years ago, you think how could they possibly believe some of this stuff? But the but wisdom does not change like that. It doesn't grow obsolete. Yeah, we have a tendency. You're right to think that just because we're older, or no, we're not older. Just because we're newer, we we have we're wiser somehow. There's a great meme it, going around, and I've seen a lot of variations of it where. Uh, the caption says, I wish I could go back to previous centuries and blow primitive people's minds with my insane knowledge. And then it shows a guy sitting on a rock like a Sermon on the Mount kind of painting with all these, you know, sort of yeah. people from first century, like saying, and he says, you know, and in my day, we had this thing called the television. And they're like, how do you build one? And the guy's like, what? We have all these things, but we have no idea how we got them or where they came from. We just kind of like run on the fumes of the people who did know how to do this stuff. And and then give ourselves credit for being so wise for using their tools. That's right. Yeah, and and then, of course, there's just the, the, the sense that our elders are idiots, which every teenager at some point believes in his heart. I, we, uh, St. Louis is the home of Howard Nemirov, who was a great sort of 20th century poet. And I got to go look at his graded papers one afternoon because he taught at one of the local colleges here. And at the top of one of these poetry class submissions, he wrote, Adolescent angst may come easily to you, but it's boring for the rest of us. <laughs> and I think, I think he's right. I mean, there's nothing to be learned from just scorning your elders. And, of course, Every old person was at one point young, so they probably made some of these mistakes that we're making already. Yeah, you teach high schoolers, so you know this. I know this as a dad where, like, you know, sometimes my son will be like, you don't understand what it's like to be in sixth grade. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I do. Yeah, I do. It was a rough year, man. It was a rough year. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Well, John and John Cashin, of course, had this wonderful – he pointed out that Samuel, the great prophet, when he was young – his calling, uh, God speaks to him, but he has him go twice to an elder before he actually reveals himself. First, he has to go to Eli, who, by the way, was not a very good prophet. <laughs> and and twice he says he, that, that only after he had shown obedience to his elders did God then give him the vocation of a prophet. Mm-hmm. Which I think is pretty insightful. Yeah. Uh, you know. It being scripture and all. Well, no, John Cashin being a church father and all. Eli, (laughs) not a good prophet, also not a good father, (laughs) if you read the story. No, not a great father. Not a great. But but it didn't matter to God. He says, yeah, first first, uh, Samuel had to show obedience, you know, even even to an unworthy elder. Yeah. Something that happens in you when you show obedience, even if it's an order that you think, I know a smarter way to do this. Like something gets formed in you if, yeah. uh, as long as you're not breaking some sort of a moral dictate. Uh, something happens in your, in yeah. your brain that, that, that wires you to be kind of more receptive to, to doing things that God might ask you to do that you don't fully understand. So, uh, yeah, it's great stuff, Father Augustin Weta. I wish we had more time for old oh. stories, but we'll have to come back around next time. Thank you as always. All right, book. we'll hit the demon next time, maybe. Uh, well, you will hit the demon as many times as we got to hit him. So there you go. Yeah, that's right. Okay. 
Have a great day. We've got Father Weta's book linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. We're back right after this. It's 14 till. Support is for MediShare. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into. And that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month. And that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. We know a lot of you love anything pumpkin-flavored, and others, well, not so much. But the Mystic Monks of Wyoming are taking care of both of you with their coffee. That's right. Their seasonal favorite pumpkin spice blend is available, along with other normal flavors. And when you purchase them after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. Hi friends, Johnette Williams here. Join me every Wednesday on Women of Grace Live as I welcome new age researcher and blogger for Women of Grace, Sue Brinkman. Sue and I will be talking about all the wacky things that could distract you from your faith. Psychics, yoga, Reiki, crystals, acupuncture, Ouija boards, tarot cards, and astral traveling are just a few of the stranger things we discuss. That's why we call it Wacky Wednesday. So join us at 11 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. On the next More to Life, Marriage Madness. Marital struggles will help you celebrate the relationship God wants for you. That's later today on More to Life. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Dr. Michael Dauphiné, and we've been going through some of the various courses available through Ave Maria University's Pursuit of Wisdom program. You can find it at thepursuitofwisdom.org. A lot of Sunrise Morning Show friends and family members who are participating in uh, the putting together of those courses. Uh, Doc, good morning. Welcome back. Good morning. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. And C.S. Lewis is a guy who a lot of our listeners are familiar with, uh, if for no other reason than Narnia and the screw tape letters. Uh, there are, of course, lots and lots of things to get into in regard to the corpus of C.S. Lewis. I took like three different classes on him in my evangelical college. How in the world do you plan to cram him into a course? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think in some ways... Uh, Lewis has a quote where he says, I believe in Christianity as I believe in that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. Uh, so it's really this idea that Christianity helps us not only to see right, Christ, but it helps us to see the world. And I think if we take that approach, then the goal is not so much to learn about Lewis, but it's to learn from Lewis how to see ourselves, how to see God, and how to see what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. 
Uh, and so I used the course to kind of paint little pictures and tell stories both from his fiction and his nonfiction work to help us really discover uh, this idea that the faith is reasonable. It goes, right, it's above reason, but it's not against reason. Yeah, this is a, an eye-opener for a lot of evangelicals uh, in my world who were just pulling a, a you know a pithy quote from Lewis here and there and didn't understand kind of the worldview he was coming from. There's all kinds of stuff in Lewis uh, that you sort of have to understand in light of the literary tradition, in light of his own sort of sacramental worldview as an Anglican, um, and, and even just the fact that he saw what you were saying, like this idea between faith and reason is also – connected to the question of faith and science and like seeing that the world is good and God made good things. You know, I think that in the world I came from, so certainly in the Calvinist world, people might translate John 3.16 as, for God so hated the world that he sent his son to die to save you from it, right? And Lewis is kind of like the opposite perspective of that. God made this place good. What is he trying to tell us about himself through it? Yeah, so this is that idea, too, that, you know, Lewis as an Anglican, as a Protestant, uh, nonetheless has a very Catholic worldview uh, I think he really helped students uh, encounter the great Catholic tradition, which is really what he loved. He loved the tradition of the medievals, uh, the early Renaissance, but also the patristic. And I think he helps people, you know, who aren't going to be able to pick up Boethius and Aquinas, Augustine and Dante and Milton and Newman. But he kind of just almost absorbs all of their thinking and then represents it to us. And this, these basic ideas that the creation is fundamentally good. Um, right, and then that it went wrong. <laughs> you know, the, it was good, and then it went wrong, and that somehow God intends to put it right, and that He did put it right in Jesus Christ, uh, and therefore, right, when we follow Him, and right, and when we uh, act in our faith, we one have to surrender our own efforts. He has this great idea in mere Christianity that faith is an admission of the bankruptcy of our own efforts, but then he takes that same idea to say that, well. Our perfection is also going to be painful. It's also going to hurt because we have to kind of die to ourselves. So he's also then able to deal with some of the questions of, right, suffering and pain. And so I think Lewis is great because he asks the hard questions, but he says in a way that our great tradition of over 2,000 years, right, has even better answers. Well, I'm looking at the courses. <clears throat> They're going to be part of your or at the different classes that are going to be part of your course on C.S. Lewis for the Pursuit of Wisdom uh, session. So this is thepursuitofwisdom.org if you want to find out more. We're talking to Dr. Michael Dauphiné. Um, I love, first of all, that you do the Chronicles of Narnia as one class, but you, do, you pick out one to do its own class on, and that's Voyage of the Dawn Treader, which is, for me, hands down, by far, like my favorite Chronicle of Narnia. Um, but I love that you also start everything with the weight of glory because I, I don't know about you, but to me, that's kind of like the key that unlocks this whole worldview. Yes, yes. So Lewis is a great apologist, right? So one, he kind of helps a lot of people realize that it's, it could be – it's somehow fitting in a way. The Christian faith it answers a question that's deep inside all of our hearts. And so by looking at the weight of glory, he really looks at what are our deepest desires. And he indicates that our deepest desires are always for something more than this world can ever offer. Uh, and so he raises the simple question, right? If we have thirst, there's probably water. 
if we're hungry, there's probably food. We may not find it, but we're the kind of creatures that can eat. And so he also says, if we have desires that we find are never fully satisfied in this life, it's quite probable, right, that we are actually designed for a fulfillment, right, that is beyond this world, right? We're um, created to come to know and love God. And then he looks at the way that Christ, I'm sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, uh, we're, we're created to love God, but we're also created to love one another. Uh, this is, to, yes. to me, so there's this line, I would love to get your take on it as we're, we've only just got a minute or so left. This line yes. that I read as an evangelical and was so struck by, but I didn't have a hook to hang the thought on, and I wasn't sure exactly what he was talking about because I came from a very low church, non-sacramental world. And Lewis says in The Way to Glory, he says, next to the blessed sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. I, I wonder, do you get to that line or that thought in this course, or did you have any comment on it? Well, you know, I, I think that's a great course because, I mean, it's a great insight because what it, what it helps us to show is that if the world is good, human beings in a way are even better, right? Human beings are glorious and splendid creatures who have been tarred and kind of feathered by our own sins and by others. But God's plan is not to punish us. God's plan is to uncover us and to restore us to beauty. And so he has a great line at the end of that where he says, like, we will eventually shine like the morning sun, like the morning dew, um, and that uh, we will actually become famous, not the kind of fame that we wanted, but the fame before God, right? To hear God say to us, right, well done, my good and faithful servant. So. Anyway, so I go. To, I set up the course in six uh, individual thirty-minute episodes, and I think I I think it does a really good job of helping students kind of dive into uh, gaining a, a love for Lewis and really a love for the tradition uh, that he loves so much. Man, this is a great list of, of works too that you've got on here. Uh, you've got Mere Christianity, Miracles, The Problem of Pain, and a couple of others. The Pursuit of Wisdom linked at Sunrise Morning Show. Go check it out and sign up through Ave Maria University. That wraps it up for a Wednesday. I'm Matt Swain. For all of us here, may God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Where can you read why God replaced his created light with the light of the world? And find out how you can protect pro-life radio. Where can you see the big man that delivered the Sunrise Morning Show on video? And learn how we plan to sweeten the deal when Sacred Heart Radio visits your parish. Plus, get our QR card, the updated program schedule, and more in Sacred Heart Radio's Christmas newsletter. To get it, go to sacredheartradio.com and click newsletter sign up. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives. More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass. More information is at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway in Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com.
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. The highest standards, integrity, and best practices are core values at Rainbow International of Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky, your partners in residential and commercial insurance repair and restoration. Rainbow International, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio, 513-271-1000. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one. Theabrasiveone.com. Theabrasiveone.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. I'm Father Jacob Vergis from St. Peter and Paul, California, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. On this Wednesday, the 15th of November, it is the Feast of St. Albert the Great. Let's pray together in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, draw all people to yourself. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is darkness, let us bring light. Where there is sadness, let us bring joy. Lord God of light, you have shone upon our darkness and set us free through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Grant us the grace to live in the freedom of the children of God, that where we walk this day, we may bring light through the same Christ our Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Albert the Great, patron, one of the patrons of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, pray for us. Thanks for being along here on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Maybe we should invoke his patronage for our upcoming pledge drive on December 6th. I know we're leaning in on St. Nicholas, who dropped bags of gold off uh, anonymously for a family of people, so that some of you will drop off bags of gold anonymously on Bill Levitt's doorstep. But St. Albert's a pretty good one, too, because we cover try, we try and cover everything on Catholic Radio, and that was St. Albert Steele. Plus, he's a patron of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And up this hour, Laura Streetman has a pro-life news update from Cincinnati Right to Life. We'll talk about poverty of spirit and what St. Albert the Great had to say about it with Father Robert Nixon, who's been translating a work of St. Albert the Great. Kim Kaminsky will join us with some uh, Advent resources from Formed. Also, Monsignor Charles Pope 
uh, to look at the baptism of transgender people question that has been up in the mix and uh, tossed about. And I'm pretty sure that nobody understands it or how it works or what it means. So luckily, we have Monsignor Charles Pope to help us out a little bit with that. Right now, it is two minutes past the hour. News a service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Governor Mike DeWine is ordering flags lowered at the state capitol and in Tuscaroras and Stark counties today in honor of those killed in the devastating crash on I-70 yesterday morning. A charter bus carrying more than 50 students from Tuscaroras Valley High School was involved in the fiery collision near Etna in Licking County with six people, including three teens, pronounced dead at the scene. The governor called the crash our worst nightmare, saying his prayers are going out to everyone who was involved. The students were with the school band and were on their way to a performance at the Ohio School Boards Association Conference in Columbus. Planners canceled the event when they got word of the crash. The White House is confirming now Hamas does operate out of several hospitals in Gaza. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters that does include Al-Shifa, the largest hospital in the city. Patients have been trapped by fighting and bombardment around the site. Kirby said the militant group uses tunnels underneath the hospital to store weapons and to hold hostages and is prepared to respond to an Israeli military operation against the facility. In Washington, the House has passed a stopgap bill that will prevent a government shutdown. Brian Shook reports. On Tuesday, the House voted in favor of a Republican plan to fund some departments until mid-January and the rest through early February at current spending levels. The bill now heads to the Senate where it has bipartisan support. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he would pass the legislation as soon as possible. I'm Brian Shook. U.S. bishops held elections during the first public session of their fall General Assembly in Baltimore yesterday. Oklahoma City Archbishop Paul Coakley will be the next secretary of the USCCB. Bishop David O'Connell of Trenton, New Jersey, will be the next chairman of the Committee on Catholic Education. Bishop William Byrne of Springfield, Massachusetts, will be the next chairman of the Committee on Communications. Bishop Robert Brennan of Brooklyn was elected chairman of the Committee on Cultural Diversity. Bishop James Massa, Auxiliary of Brooklyn, was elected chairman of the Committee on Doctrine. Bishop Daniel Mugenberg of Reno will be the next chairman of the Committee on National Collections. And Bishop Daniel Thomas of Toledo was elected chairman of the Committee on Pro-Life Activities. U.S. and China are expected to announce a deal today that would crack down on the flow of fentanyl. President Biden is expected to announce the agreement when he meets with Chinese President Xi Jinping in San Francisco today. Under the agreement, China would go after companies producing and exporting the chemicals used to make the deadly opioid. Bloomberg reports the Biden administration in return would lift restrictions on China's Forensic Police Institute, which is an entity the U.S. has accused of human rights abuses in the past. The Federal Reserve could start cutting interest rates in the spring. Mark Mayfield has more. That's according to a new estimate from UBS Investment Bank. The cuts could come as early as March. UBS said easing inflation could pave a way for a 2.75% decrease in the interest rate over the year. That would almost have the current 5.5% rate. It also predicted the economy would go into a recession by next year's second quarter, which would enable a rate cut. I'm Mark Mayfield. 
And thousands of Starbucks baristas will soon be going on strike. Unionized baristas across the nation will hit the picket lines Thursday, tomorrow, on the company's so-called Red Cup Day, a popular promotional event when Starbucks gives out holiday-themed reusable cups. Workers are accusing the company of refusing to fairly negotiate at cafes that voted to organize. Starbucks claims it's the union that is not bargaining in good faith. Well, that'll make for an interesting Red Cup Day, Paul. I'm sure you're very disappointed and... Well, you know me. I always I'm, I'm seen with a Starbucks cup every time your, I walk in the door your here. Your PSL. Goodness gracious! No, I, I would uh, I would expect maybe traffic to be a bit behind tomorrow. Maybe with all the people I know, stuck in line like, at. Oh, uh, no. I don't know uh, if any Cincinnati Starbucks have um, unionized baristas. Wow, I think it's like a here and there. I don't know. I mean, there probably are, but who knows? I do, I, but you know, apparently, I, will give I understand. Like you know, if you're understaffed and you're giving away stuff, and there right. are like a million people yeah. and online orders, and you can't keep up, and you're stressed. Not well. I it, they speak I mean, a different language anyway when people order coffee, especially at Starbucks. Oh, but know, like, right? uh, just yeah, the the baristas are are a lot more. I give I tip the you cap would there. totally understand more if it were a Chipotle strike. Uh, I mean, I guess so. I did have uh, come in with I a baby dressed as a burrito on Halloween. Yeah, right. Get a free burrito. Like they probably want to strike on those days. Yeah, they definitely want to strike me after they see my uh, stupid Halloween costume. Whatever I dress up. Eight oh eight now on the Sunrise Morning Show Sports on Sacred Heart Radio, brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. Last night, uh, we'll start with college hoops. The uh, Kentucky Wildcats took on Kansas, and unfortunately, if you're a Kentucky Wildcat fan, Kansas got the better of UK, 89-84, to number one Kansas over 17th-ranked Kentucky. Duke Blue Devils also played uh, part of the Champions Classic. They uh, dethroned Michigan State 74 to 65 last night NKU 85-68 over DePaul with a W not like DePaul oh, DePaul. from Chicago DePaul I don't know uh, Columbus Blue Jackets lost 5-3 to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins it's been two weeks since the uh, the Jackets have won not uh, not too good staying I'm sorry Paul that's all right staying in Columbus Ohio State basketball back in action they tip off against Merrimack uh, and uh, college football news the uh, Buckeyes dropped. Dethroned. Yeah, they dropped the spot. So Georgia, I was expecting this. Georgia slips to the number one. Who did one Georgia spot. beat this weekend? Uh, somebody in the SEC, and um, you know that's Who a good question. Playing? I forget. I knew that this was going to be like a wait until Georgia starts playing people kind of thing. Kind of week. Well, yeah, because uh, Ohio State, like just looking at the two teams, I have to admit Georgia looks like the better team. Fair enough. Right well, now. Miami of Ohio actually plays a game today, and they play Buffalo, and Wednesday? they are playing. I know. Today's that, Wednesday, right? Today is a Wednesday. It's pretty wild. There's college football on Wednesday. There's a college football every day, it feels like. Oh Georgia gosh. beat Old Miss pretty handedly, 52-17, and Old Miss, Miss was ninth. Good. They're ninth in the country. Ninth, yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, traffic now. On a Wednesday, which you mentioned, Larkin Cobb Chevrolet, Buick and GMC in Eaton, Ohio. Sponsors our traffic 
on the web at LarkinCobb.com. What you got? I don't know what's going on on Ronald Reagan, but, man, you are running slow from Hamilton Avenue all the way over to the 75 interchange. Maybe maybe you want to take a different route to get to 75? Um, 75 running slow itself uh, as you're approaching 275, and then again through the Lachlan split. Northbound 75 is slowing from 74 up toward Ronald Reagan. Eastbound 74 is slow from North Bend into the 75 interchange. Southbound 71, you're on the brakes from Field Zertle down to the Norwood Lateral. Northbound 71, 75. This is getting to be a thing. You're slowing from Burlington Pike up to the cut in the hill. And eastbound 275 at the bottom of the loop, um, slowing from Turkey Foot over toward Mineola Pike. Northbound 471, slow from Alexandria Pike up to the river. Let's look at Dayton. Northbound 75, a little bit slow as you are approaching the 675 interchange. Not sure if there was an earlier accident probably causing that. Okay, now weather. Good news there. Still those, you know, yesterday, kiddos, I was reminding you, like, those coats you're wearing right now because it's cold, don't forget to bring them home from school because it'll be rather warm when you leave. Mostly sunny skies today in Cincinnati with a high of 65 degrees, mostly clear tonight with an overnight low of 39, mostly sunny and a little warmer tomorrow, a high of 67 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, sunny skies today with a high of 66 Clear tonight with an overnight low of 38. Tomorrow, sunny skies and a high of 68 degrees. Today is Wednesday, November the 15th. It is the Feast of St. Albert the Great, co-patron of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Pray for us. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Laura Streetman from Cincinnati Right to Life. Laura, good morning. Good morning. Well, we are a week on from the last time we talked to you, which was the day after Election Day. And honestly, Laura, I still haven't gotten over it. No, I, I'm not either. I mean, yeah, it's a, t- it's a tough time, but praise God for our faith. Yeah. I, I don't know how people get through without relying completely on the Lord because he's so with us right now. Mm-hmm. And we all must remember that. He is leading our way, and he sees our tears, and he knows we're worried, and he is in control. It's true. It's true. So what? Um, what is the timeline? I mean, last week we were just kind of, you know, I mean, we were just in dire straits last week, uh, the day after. But um, let's let's get some. We need to be clear-minded, and we need to know what is in front of us. So. Can you kind of give us the timeline of what is happening with issue one now that it has passed? For sure. Um, So we're three weeks away from abortion being enshrined into Ohio's Constitution because of this issue one vote eight days ago. Uh, We must look at the numbers and just 48 percent of registered voters in Ohio participated in the election Hmm. and voted to enshrine as we Warren for months, you know, abortion without limits into our state's founding documents. So can't look back. We've got to look forward. Um, you know, on the spiritual front, let's talk about some things we have to do. First, we've got to recognize, as we discussed so frequently, Annie, um, and in our circles of faith, that this is a battle of principalities, not people. Mm-hmm. And to participate most fully, we've got to deepen our faith life right now, pray for mothers and their unborn children in Ohio, 
And we have to think about the fact that mothers from other states will be coming to Ohio now. Um, the abortion travel will be real, and sidewalk mm-hmm. advocates are already seeing that. Yeah. You know, with Kentucky and Indiana plates being very frequent outside the local abortion facilities. Mm-hmm. And we've just got to keep the life issue really at the forefront of people's minds and through prayers and our actions um, and at the top of our prayer list. So let's not forget that. Yeah. On the, yeah. And on the service front, we just must continue to become a culture that embraces every new life with joy and as a gift. Um, we've got to remember Pope John Paul II wrote, Man cannot fully find himself except through a sincere gift of himself. And we must make sincere gifts of ourselves right now at this time in the world. I mean, there's a seismic shift in Ohio just within these eight days. And we must become involved in preserving the culture of life in southern Ohio. It's blessed by an abundance of pregnancy help centers. I'm here at this time of Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, I urge that maybe this is your time to get involved or get involved at Cincinnati Right to Life. We certainly need you as well, or even your parishes walking with moms and needs. So there's opportunities everywhere, and including this Saturday, Annie, we have a sidewalk advocate for life training, and the information on that is on Cincinnati Right to Life's website. So between prayer and service, but that gets to what you talked about. We must pay attention to what's going on in our culture and you know, we were told this was a settled issue when we we lost last Tuesday, but there's a lot going on in Columbus. And I don't have you read much of this, Annie, and trying to keep, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, ball, it's it, like, it's yeah, it is. I mean, we had um, we had on the show last week Ken Craycraft, our legal and political analyst, uh, talking about how vague this amendment is and how much fighting over this language there is there is going to be and really should be so that so that we have a clear picture of what is and isn't happening in in Ohio uh, concerning the life issues what the legislature can do and and can't do with this amendment and what laws are going to stay in place or can't and yeah so anyway um, it's been a whirlwind Laura so why don't you uh, why don't you give us the high the highlights is that the right word for right <laughs> well i guess kind of the low lights no yeah the low lights but just two days after the election um two state reps anita somani and beth liston both democrats they uh filed the reproductive care act you know i just that word makes you cringe mm-hmm. in regards yeah. to abortion care so they've created legislation that would undo as we warned uh, many of the safety standards in ohio's laws that were put in place while Roe was the law of the land. Mm-hmm. You know, as we we predicted, these include removing the 24-hour waiting period so we would become a state where a girl could walk in on demand and get an abortion, you know, so meaning she could have a fight with her husband, her boyfriend, and just mm-hmm. say, that's it, I'm having an abortion. And states that have abortion on demand report to us that that's very often the case. Um, the laws about transfer agreements from hospitals keeping that safe, um, you know, Ohio would permit, again, telehealth medicine if this piece of legislation that they have proposed would pass. And, you know, that, again, is where women could be counseled over the phone to get chemical abortion. And, you know, without an ultrasound, without seeing someone in person to confirm it's an inner uterine viable pregnancy. Mm. So they already filed that, um, and that has not been given a legislation number yet or a hearing, but we know what's coming. So that that's 
difficult. But at the same time, um, there's work to try to prevent issue one from being enacted through the court system in Ohio. So four state reps, and including Butler County's Jen Gross, they are working on a unique piece of legislation that removes the power from the courts to enact issue one. Uh, it's still developing. It's a very unusual piece of legislation, and some top lawyers from around the country are assisting with this. And I know the lawyer, the legal team for Cincinnati Right to Life, is trying to grasp this completely as well. So we're studying this. It's that new. Before we make a comment in any direction on it, we're going to have to really understand what this would mean. And maybe there is hope. Hopefully there's hope, right? Hopefully there's hope. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's... There's always reason to hope. I heard a beautiful homily on issue one on Sunday talking about how we cannot lose hope even when it seems so dire because those are the times when the Lord swoops in. We have historical instances when we've seen the Lord swoop in and just change the course of history. And so we can we can trust and we can hope that um, that the Lord has this under control. And, and so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Laura, we're out of time, but um, maybe we can talk about news on uh, chemical abortion and the abortion pill uh, the next time we get together. But thank you for keeping us posted on everything happening in Ohio specifically, because I know that's on everyone's prayer list now. So uh, keep up the good work, keep up the hope, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next time. Thank you to Sacred Heart Radio, Annie. Bye-bye. Absolutely. See you later. All right. 19 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. Traffic and weather coming up next. Attention, Sacred Heart Radio volunteers. Wednesday, December 6th is our Advent Pledge Drive, and we need volunteers to answer phones from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. that day. If you can help, even for an hour, call 513-731-7740 or visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. We need your help to raise $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. If you can answer phones anytime that day, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click volunteer. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 513-941-0428. Good food can still be fast food. Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has a convenient online store at bridgetownfinermeats.com. They're all your favorite prepared foods like their delicious homemade soups, beef barbecue, chicken and stuffing, and sweet potato casserole, all available at a click of a button for same-day pickup. They also have high-quality fresh meats like pork, veal, chicken, beef, and seafood, and even produce. Fast, convenient shopping on the go at bridgetownfinermeats.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. 
21 minutes past the hour now, and this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive, pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton, on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. There is, in fact, an accident. I was wondering what was going on on Ronald Reagan. Eastbound Ronald Reagan at Galbraith, there is an accident that has you uh, stacked up almost to cold rain at this point, so you're going to need some extra time there. Not sure if it's blocking anything. I don't see that reported, so... Yeah, just be careful. Southbound 75 slowing as you head through the Lachlan split. Northbound 75 a little slow as you're approaching the Norwood lateral. Southbound 71 you're on the brakes between 275 and the Norwood lateral. Northbound 71, 75 is slowing from Burlington Pike up to the river. Northbound 471 mostly heavy at this point from Alexandria Pike up to the river and it looks like uh, that incident on uh, northbound 75 in the Dayton area has been largely cleared you're a little bit heavy as you're approaching the 675 interchange but hopefully not a huge time delay at this point all right now for weather mostly sunny in Cincinnati today with a high of 65 degrees mostly clear tonight with an overnight low of 39 mostly sunny and warmer tomorrow with a high of 67 degrees for the Miami Valley Dayton area, sunny skies today and a high of 66. Clear tonight with an overnight low of 38. Sunny tomorrow and a high of 68 degrees. I'm going to pray this prayer for Ohio again, as we have been doing since the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. But I just want to say we are looking ahead to Sacred Heart Radio's Advent Pledge Drive in just a couple of weeks on the Feast of St. Nicholas. And... This is really the only place that you are going to get the kind of news that you were just hearing from Laura Streetman, news from the Catholic perspective, news from the pro-life perspective. We really are a voice crying in the wilderness, uh, standing up for the unborn, standing up for their mothers, standing up for the family. And so I hope that uh, you will very much consider a generous gift to Sacred Heart Radio this year um you don't have to wait until the feast of saint nicholas of course uh you could donate right now if you would like paul would love to take your phone call at 513-731-7740 or just go online to sacredheartradio.com but we really 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 need your support to to keep this going on seven media platforms um we're going everywhere that everyone consumes their media and uh we need your help to keep it going so please consider that and now let us pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart, offer the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Father Robert Nixon joins us next. It's 25 past.
This is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent serving Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, I can help with any of your insurance needs. I can be reached at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at TheAbrasiveOne.com. That's the number one, TheAbrasiveOne.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton. RoseAutomotiveGroup.com. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Robert Nixon. He is a Benedictine monk at New Norcia in Australia and translator of the Tan Resurrection series. We are going through St. Albert the Great's Paradise of the Soul. Father, welcome back. Thank you, Eddie. It's wonderful to be with you today. It is wonderful to have you. And today we are going to unpack St. Albert's reflections on the virtue of poverty of spirit. And this is, of course, one that we hear in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And Father, I have to say, I have never heard anyone give a real definition of what poverty of spirit is. So I was very grateful to have that right at the beginning here with St. Albert. Can you discuss that? Um, Yes. So he talks about this spirit, poverty of spirit, um, means to be ready to leave all things freely for the sake of God and to possess nothing beyond the necessities of life. Um, This charism of poverty extends to being willing to go without things which are necessary at certain times for the love of God. And I think this is so important in poverty of spirit. Poverty of spirit just doesn't mean that you happen to be poor for whatever reason, but it means that it is something which is consciously embraced. There's this willingness to go without things for the sake of the love of God. And and I think the fact that it's done for the love of God is the key thing here in what makes this genuine poverty of spirit, which is spoken of in the Beatitudes. Well, yeah, I mean, this reminds me of, say, the purpose of fasting or almsgiving, this sort of emptiness, but it's not emptiness for emptiness sake. I mean, the Lord doesn't want us to be hungry just to be hungry. He wants us to be hungry for him. And so to be poor in spirit, to to be willing to embrace physical poverty has to be for a purpose. Exactly, exactly. And, of course, we know that poverty in itself um, is not a good thing. Of course, the church does all it can to alleviate poverty, and this is one of the most important um, aspects of, of any society, that poverty shouldn't be widespread. But poverty of spirit is this uh, detachment this willingness to give up certain things for the love of God. And, and you know, no matter who we are, whatever our situation is in life, 
from time to time we do have to give up things for the love of God and for the service of our fellow men, of, of family members and so forth, that we need to be ready to deny ourselves sometime for the love of God and, and the love of our neighbor. Well, this is what the religious do, right? This is one of the vows, vow of poverty, it, chastity, it, and exactly. obedience. E exactly, you know, and um, I think St. Albert is really putting that into the proper perspective for his Dominican brothers, what it really means to take on this spirit of poverty, that it's not simply not to have enough, but rather it's this willingness, this joyful willingness to give all and God. Father, can you talk about the the three considerations that St. Albert has when it comes to cultivating yeah. poverty? Um, so he, he shares with us these three very important considerations. Firstly, that this detachment uh, for the sake of God is very pleasing to God. And if you think about it, it's, it's an expression of love. Um, if we think about a person who loves us, a sign of the genuineness of that love is that they're prepared uh, to give up things. And, and God also recognizes this poverty as an expression of love. The next consideration is that Jesus took upon this life of poverty himself. So through his earthly life, the Son of God um, showed us what it means to be a fully realized human being. And, and he chose not to live as a rich person in materially secure circumstances, but rather to give himself over to the providence of God and also to trust in the generosity of his disciples, which he did. So he consecrated the life of poverty and showed us that it's compatible with the life of, of human fullness and human flourishing. Um, and then we're told also about this preferential treatment which Christ gave to the poor in his own ministry. The fact, for example, that he had chose apostles um, from mm. amongst fishermen, from not, not from amongst the, the wealthy and the elite, but from people who, who had lived up to then relatively humble lives. So all of these things show us, um, through the example of the life of Christ, that poverty um, is is something with, with our spiritual flourishing and can also be a wonderful expression of our love for God. And he writes, an indication of a genuine spirit of evangelic poverty is to have no concern for transitory things, but to commit oneself entirely to the care of God with confidence and simplicity. I'm wondering, Indeed. Father, is it is it possible to have a spirit of poverty while also being materially wealthy or is, is it or are we kidding ourselves when we when we think like oh i'm yeah i have this spirit of evangelic poverty as i don't i don't care about the transitory things i have but i have them <laughs> yes um well i guess Eddie, in in such cases it would call one for careful discernment, because mm. sometimes we can very easily imagine that we have a spirit of poverty um, and detachment and trust in providence, when the reality is we've got nothing poor. But, you know, I think it is possible to have this spirit of poverty, because from time to time we're called to give up things, to go without things. It doesn't matter how 
rich we are. This person in the world sometimes, you know, is poor in time, maybe doesn't have the opportunities to, to rest, to do whatever they want. So that there's different forms of poverty that people take on, and they're not necessarily material poverty. Um, and this, this trust in the providence of God, I think, is so key. Um, because it extends not just to our own well-being, but also the well-being of, of our children, our relatives, our loved ones, and so forth. So I think there's no conflict, there's no impossibility between having poverty of spirit while at the same time being materially prosperous. And we know that from the example of the many um, wealthy disciples who are mentioned also in the course of the gospel. Well, thank you so much, Father Robert Nixon. You can find the paradise of the soul by St. Albert the Great. Today's saint linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. St. Albert the Great, pray for us. 34 minutes past the hour now. It's time for news. The White House is confirming Hamas operates out of several hospitals in Gaza. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters this includes Al-Shifa, the largest hospital in the city. Patients have been trapped by fighting and bombardment around the site. Kirby said Hamas uses tunnels underneath the hospital to store weapons and hold hostages. In Washington, the House has passed a stopgap bill that will prevent a government shutdown. Brian Shook reports. On Tuesday, the House voted in favor of a Republican plan to fund some departments until mid-January and the rest through early February at current spending levels. The bill now heads to the Senate where it has bipartisan support. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he would pass the legislation as soon as possible. I'm Brian Shook. U.S. bishops held elections during the first public session of their fall General Assembly yesterday in Baltimore. Oklahoma City Archbishop Paul Coakley was elected the next secretary of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. There were a number of committee chairmen elected as well. Notably, Bishop Daniel Thomas of Toledo, Ohio, was elected chairman of the Committee on Pro-Life Activities. The public sessions of the U.S. bishops' meetings continue today. The Holy See yesterday released the Pope's letter for the next World Youth Day, which will be celebrated locally. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tullock reports. The theme of Pope Francis's World Youth Day letter, Rejoice in Hope, is a quotation from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Reflecting on the saint's words, the Pope says that youth is a time full of hopes and dreams. However, he notes, we are living in a period of crisis, when for many people, including the young, hope seems absent. Many, he says, feel, quote, as if they are in a dark prison where the light of the sun cannot enter. In such situations, Pope Francis asks, how can we experience the joy and hope of which St. Paul speaks? One important strategy, he says, is to recognize that hope is, quote, not a product of our human efforts, plans, or skills. It is rather born of an encounter with Christ. Christian joy comes from God himself, from our knowledge of his love for us. A second method for maintaining hope in the midst of suffering, Pope Francis says, is to recognize that we can also be part of God's answer to the problem. Created by him in his image and likeness, the Pope says, we can be signs of his love, which gives rise to joy and hope even in situations that appear hopeless. Having received this joy and hope, Pope Francis continues, we cannot keep it to ourselves. Nurture the spark that has been kindled in you, he urges, but at the same time, share it. You will come to realize that it grows by being given away. In particular, he asks, 
Stay close to your friends who may be smiling on the outside but are weeping within for lack of hope. Do not let yourselves be infected by indifference and individualism. We cannot keep our Christian hope to ourselves, Pope Francis urges. It is meant for everyone. I'm Joseph Tullock. 8.37 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lachman. Thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. We got uh, some Bengals injury report news ahead of Thursday night football. The team got some good news as far as Trey Hendrickson goes. He was limited to practice after he missed Monday's practice. Jamar Tase was taken off the injury report entirely as he fully has recovered from back soreness. So that's good news. T. Higgins, Sam Hubbard still not out there on the practice field. There's been a change in the latest college football playoff rankings. The two-time defending national champs back in the top spot. Georgia, after beating up on Old Miss over the weekend, has claimed the top spot in the college football rankings. That slips Ohio State to number two. Flor- or uh, Michigan and Florida State remain third and fourth with the Washington Huskies rounding out the top five. Baseball news, not a single qualifying offer was accepted by the seven MLB players that were offered. One of those was Shohei Otani, also uh, Josh Hader, Blake Schnell, Aaron, o- Aaron Nola, and uh, former Red Sonny Gray as well. So uh, they are all officially free agents. That's a check-in on uh, sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith when Eileen Ryan Ewan will share her new children's book, Bless the Lord. Kristen Gallagher will give us the latest news from Cincinnati St. Vincent to Paul. I'll reflect on the life of the great Dominican bishop, St. Albert the Great. With frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. The Sunrise Morning Show continues on this feast of St. Albert the Great, one of the patrons of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, along with Robert Bellarmine and... Oh, who's the other one? Why can't I think of Francis de Sales? I should have looked at a piece of paper before I tried that. Uh, I'm actually kind of relieved I remembered all three in the go. St. Albert the Great, pray for us. We're joined now by Kim Kaminsky, a.k.a. Miss Kim. She's teaching a new Advent series with the Augustine Institute and Formed. It's called Drawing Closer to God. It is a Catholic art show for kids. Kim, good morning. Good morning. Beautiful morning. So I'm really excited about this because if you can't get your kids to pay attention to the rosary, 
by just saying <laughs> the words. Sometimes it just helps to put a picture up. I wonder if that's part of your thinking behind doing a Catholic art show for kids in relation to Advent. Absolutely. You are correct. Um, I'm so excited to be a part of this, being an artist myself, and realizing the impact of the visual and how this actually becoming familiar with the stories in the Gospels and encountering Christ in a creative and intimate way. These children, are, they're able to travel through the Nativity story with me. We're speaking about the traditions through our Catholic uh, storytelling, through our Advent, uh, leading all the way up to Christmas in the most beautiful way where these images become intimate into their hearts, burned into their mind through their own creativity. Pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. And, you know, we got a lot of moms and dads and even homeschooling moms and dads who have found some really creative ways to do this sort of stuff. But, you know, you have a background as an elementary school art teacher. So when you're trying to get these kids to draw the stuff from Mm -hmm. these stories that shape really the whole trajectory of our entire Catholic faith, like what are some of the ways you try and um, guide them to put down on paper what might be in their minds and hearts regarding uh, the story of Christmas. Right. Um, you know, I've, I've been blessed to also work with homeschoolers for a number of years in our Catholic parish here. And um, having that firsthand experience of through the storytelling and then using uh, simple forms and shapes and talking about line and that not to be intimidated by the creative process and that everybody is created unique in God's image and likeness. And that means that we're creators ourselves. And to just Go for it. Let let the Holy Spirit flow through your hands, through your eyes, through your heart, and put those images down on paper, and uh, that they'll all be beautiful and unique from them. Um, that's kind of the kickoff point. And then as they go through and grow through the different techniques, um, along with the imagery and colors and what we're expressing, it changes. They grow. They learn and can be really proud of their pieces. It's It's a wonderful process to go through. I have found, and I'm sure you found this over the years, that how a kid draws stuff is a very fascinating window into how that kid looks at the world. <laughs> uh, ah, absolutely. For, for a number of different reasons, um, not just the way that boys and girls look at the world differently and the things mm-hmm. that, I mean, I could tell my son, draw a picture of the nativity. He'd be like, uh, here's a picture of, you know, <laughs> the massacre of the innocents. I'm like, no, no, that's not what I meant. Right? Like, you, you, <laughs> There, there are different things that people key in, kids key in on, even kids who, uh, you know, are perhaps on a various point in the spectrum. Uh, I mean, when you're, you, you obviously are not sitting in the room with all the families who are trying this, but what would you say to the families who are going to try and be part of this uh, series you're doing, this um, drawing closer mm-hmm. to God series, to help them kind of encourage what it is that's coming out of their kid when they draw something that the parent is like, oh, what uh- is that? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, exactly what you were referring to. If um, uh, let them let them be them at this point in their life, uh, where God is putting those seeds of inspiration into their minds and hearts are exactly where they are. I mean, they're pure, they're innocent, and it's the most beautiful images that come out of them. And what they receive from the story themselves, how does it touch them, is a learning experience for us adults. And I'll tell you, as as a parent myself, I, I really wish I had this for my children. And I did draw and paint with them, <clears throat> but you know, busyness of life, and this this calls you to stop, to pull to the side, to do something together as a family, or watch them and let them 
have their images revealed right in front of them. And if it is intimidating, the nice thing is we have a little link at the bottom of the page where the younger ones or even parents who may not want to draw along can print it off and color along and experience this together as the story builds through the six-part series. Um, so it's a wonderful thing to share and, and to sit back and, and let them just be who they are at this moment and reveal that story. Yeah, I uh, think that there was at one point <laughs> my son drawing a Christmas story with, like, Jesus shooting lasers out of his hands. Like, in some <laughs> ways, like, the, this this does at least – I mean, kids kids have insane imaginations. As a matter of fact, I mean, there's there have been lots of, like, really smart theologians who've reflected on, like, this question of what does it mean to wonder. And a lot of us kind of get yeah. in the grind and we forget about that part of it. We forget right. about the wonder part of the Christmas story and we think about, like, the – the party planning and the scheduling and the, you know, how do I oh. make sure that my kids are properly like catechized or, or whatever it is? Like, how would yeah. you maybe encourage uh, just with a moment left here, uh, parents to use <laughs> your program to kind of re-engage the whole family in the wonder of Advent? Um, that, that is such a big part of my own creativity is letting, letting that wonder um, come, come into your heart. And I, I really would inspire everybody to allow that uh, they're becoming a part of the story again. And this is a gift through our mind, through our hearts, through our souls that, you know, these images do set into our hearts. And art pulls us deeper into the powerful beauty of the story. And that beauty is something that, you know, Pope John Paul always refers to is, um, you know, it awakens something in us and it's par participating in God's creative power. So it's, it's something to look forward to, to cherish. Um, it's, it's a new kind of a revelation for the family to experience. And as we put up our nativity, how beautiful that is to do with our family and put baby Jesus in there at Christmas. It, it's like that gift that opens up and reveals in front of you. So there's an exciting aspect of it that we can um, promote with our family and, and really enjoy together and enter into our, our Christmas in a deeper way through Advent. Yeah, regardless of your drawing level, mm. your artistic expertise, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. And actually, it's probably a lot less intimidating for some people, some parents to get involved if they start at the mm -hmm. kid level with, with the rest <laughs> of the people that you're talking directly to. So we've got uh, all this linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Uh, it's through form.org. Uh, and if you go daily.forms.org slash advent, you can get there. But you don't have to remember all that because you can just go straight to sunrisemorningshow.com and find the link in the show notes. Kim Kaminsky, thank you so much for this awesome idea, and I hope that a lot of our listeners uh, take advantage of your ideas. Oh, well, thank you. I hope you join in. God bless. All right, it's 12 till Monsignor Charles Pope joins us next. Our bodies are a gift of God, a temple of the Holy Spirit. Just as the human body ought to be treated with respect and dignity in life, so it is meant to be treated after death. The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help make advance arrangements with their Catholic funeral plan. Pre-planning is especially important to those preparing to enroll in Medicare. It also ensures that you make the arrangements you want, leaving your family without the hardship of planning while grieving. Find out more at 557-2306, extension 319, or online at cccsohio.org. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait at brosartpharmacy.com. The Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus is a national network of Catholic business owners, CEOs, and managing partners facing the challenges of faith, family, and business each day. We meet once a month with our spouse for a mass, dinner, and speaker. We have the support of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati 
and many members throughout the parishes, including yours. We would appreciate the chance to share what we are about with you and enjoy Mass together soon. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. It's 11 till. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Monsignor Charles Pope. You can find him online at MonsignorPope.com, and he writes for the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. at their blog, blog.adw.org. Monsignor Pope, good morning. Good morning. It's good to have you back. And just recently, Mm -hmm. the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith uh, published answers to some questions from a Brazilian Bishop, concerning the sacraments and people who identify, or I guess I should say have identified before as transgender. And we are going to be talking about the baptism question specifically. You've got a piece over Mm -hmm. at the uh, ADW blog um, with some of your thoughts on this. And I mean, I guess as you just heard me, you know, try Mm -hmm. to be careful with my language here because this is kind of kind of technical in a sense, mm-hmm. when when you're looking at whether or not someone is in a state to be able to receive the graces of the sacrament. So can you kind of unpack that for us? Yeah, you know, uh, first of all, I, I think also, speaking of language, I hate the word transsexual. I think yeah. it's a lie. It doesn't exist, but we have to use it. Uh, so, but uh, all that said, so, um, you know, the question was asked, can a tra- person who identifies as transgender be baptized, and the do- the document uh, says yes, but there's important caveats, mm-hmm. and I choose as a pastor to take those caveats very seriously. Yeah. Now I know that supporters of trans agendas and stuff will say, "Well, it does say finally you can do it," but uh, at the end of the day, uh, there, there one must be so that the, the document says yes, they can be baptized. It's um, but uh, however that the, 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 we we have to accept that. Um, there, there, there are, um, you know, there are going to be some two two concerns that that have to be raised. Um, it says that um, the the church, in any case, the church must always call them to live fully the implications of the baptism they've received, mm-hmm. which is always included and unfolds within the entire path of the Christian initiation. So. Although it says they, they sort of get a little, I think, um, sketchy when they say in the document, well, but perhaps the baptism could create the mood in them that they'd want to convert. <laughs> well, all right. But they do say very very clearly in the document, now, look, a person who receives baptism not in a state of grace uh, or any sacrament, um, and they say not in a state of grace, I mean, not, they, they don't have the sufficient repentance Mm-hmm. They they receive the sacrament yeah. character, but they don't receive sanctifying grace, and that's a strong statement. And I think, you know, we have to hear that. But anyway, they sort of say, but maybe maybe just getting them baptized will help them, you know. To okay, but at the end of the day, they finally say, but not, nevertheless, the church has to insist in accepting baptism. You're accepting the teachings of the Catholic Church yep. that you, you you believe everything that the Catholic Church believes, teaches, and professes to be revealed by God. Right. And so the first caveat there, I think, is an important one. And I would choose to trans uh, to 
interpret that very strictly as a pastor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you are going to approach the church for baptism, Mm -hmm. um, you've got to be ready to accept what the church teaches. And it would be the pastor's uh, responsibility to make sure that a person knows that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess I should say when you think about this and you take it out of a vacuum, Monsignor Pope, and, Mm -hmm. and, and think of a real life situation If there is somebody who has in the past identified as transgender, and so let's say it was uh, a woman who who took hormones to try to become more masculine, and now Mm -hmm. there are certain things that she can't undo, but she wants Mm -hmm. to live out her life as a woman, who am Mm -hmm. I to say, if she is really and truly in her heart and soul committed Mm -hmm. to living that out, then yes, absolutely. Come sure, that's into repentance. the church. Yeah. That's repentance, exactly. But I think that the, the the document, unfortunately, says that even when there are doubts about whether they're repentant, one could still celebrate uh, this sacrament in the hopes that the sacrament might confer some grace, even though they say you don't get sanctifying grace if you're not repentant. I mean, isn't this so, where the accompaniment uh, needs to happen? Like, shouldn't a pastor, if somebody yeah. approaches saying, I want to be baptized, mm-hmm. um, a pastor needs to be pastoral? in this moment yeah. and walk with them to the yeah, church. delay the sacrament until they can, yeah, help them to manifest sufficient repentance, explain the teaching. You know, some people say, oh, well, what's the business anybody is, you know? Listen, it's God's business. God set up things a certain way. There's a nature to things. You're, we're, man, we're a man or a woman, and to throw back into God's face what he's done is a very serious thing. Mm-hmm. What have you done? You, you gave me the wrong body. No, no. That, that requires repentance. So clearly, you know. Now, the other thing the document says is that there, there has to be also uh, the, the, the concerns about scandal mm-hmm. and um, there, 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 that, we, that must be addressed. It says, um, you know, that uh, and likewise of, of disorienting the faithful. So in a way, I said, well, thank God the document says that because, look, I'm a pastor, and I can't just care about one individual. I have to care about the common good. What what will people – scandal doesn't just mean people like, oh, I'm shocked, shocked. It's sometimes – the worst thing about scandal is that people are no longer shocked yeah. by things that they should be shocked by because it sort of normalizes and routinizes very serious sort of neo-Gnostic uh, – notions about the human person which are heretical and so a pastor has to say my gosh i mean how could you not avoid the risk of scandal the document says you can do it as long as you can avoid the risk of scandal yeah. <laughs> I mean, good heavens how could you not have yeah. the risk of scandal and then also disorientation where people are well, well wait a minute what's the church saying i mean where, 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 is a man not a woman a woman can a man become a woman uh Oh, boy, uh, you know, and um, all this, you know, talk about accompaniment is always very personal, but at the end of the day, a pastor also has to protect his flock yeah. and, 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 and accompany a flock, not just an individual. I guess the positive thing that comes out of this, Monsignor Pope, is that, yes, yeah, certainly there there could be some, some pastors, as you say, that mm-hmm. will take this as license to do things, yeah. but... At least mm-hmm. it doesn't bar a pastor like you mm-hmm. from from truly being pastoral to yes. these souls and, and having true care for souls um, yes. if, if they approach you for this. So we yeah. continue hey. to pray for yes. our pastors to truly accompany people that 
that are in so desperate need of our Lord and the church. And you can read more about this over at blog.adw.org. Monsignor Pope, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, that'll do it for this Wednesday edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. With 30 years of trusted, quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at mollymade.com. Molly Made, a clean you can trust. Central Fabricators, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, custom builds and repairs corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. These are used to manufacture liquids used in everyday products like health and beauty aids, pharmaceuticals, and food. Central Fabricators uses the latest in technology and modern equipment to deliver quality products, and big orders are not a problem. Central Fabricators, ASME certified, and on the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. I'm Guy. I'm Mara. And I'm Patrick. And we're the Cagney family with Coldwell Banker Realty. We support Sacred Heart Radio. And we help buyers and sellers trying to find their dream homes in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, and Florida. 513-347-1888 to talk to the Cagney family. This is Archbishop Dennis Schnur from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at